Sports Labouts. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy PD. Remember, you can listen to our show every single Tuesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Yes! Do you like that, Speedy? Is yes, that I do. 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedster! What's going on, man? Another thing I liked was your party this weekend. A lot of fun. Well, you got drunk. I, I did. You, yeah, why didn't you get drunk? Who, well, I had a couple of shots. I, I, you know, as everybody knows, I know. I'm not a drinker. I know. I, I know. Uh, Brittany was telling me that you guys did shots earlier and didn't include me. I was disappointed. Well, but. you were roll. I don't know what the heck you were doing. You were, you were racing. Oh, yes. Chairs. I was racing, and I won the race, Beef. Well... You claim I cheated. Okay. Well, that's because the Beeve was in his own little world. But well, that's yes. Just the, He's the always in his world. old world world. How did you like my speech, by the way? I did. I, I did like your speech. It was it was very, very detailed and funny, like you always do, bringing out that great personality of oh, yours. Oh, look at you. You're giving me compliments. Oh, I feel, yeah. I'm, I'm blushing. Blushing. I am blushing right now. I have a hard time believing that. No, but... you're probably right. I, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you're probably just exaggerating <laughs> at that point. You don't even, I don't know if you even blushed during the speech. But... I never blush. I, I know. I, I exactly. think it's funny. I, I just think it's funny. I, I, at one point, I was waiting for somebody to try to prank your head into the cake. but <laughs> Well, that was never going to happen unless they want to be engraved into the cake. Yes, exactly. But anyways, uh, we have a great show lined up for you guys today. And I want to thank all the people that came out for my birthday and the people that didn't eat you know what. But yes. I'm not going to say it on live radio. But thank you for coming out for my birthday and celebrating my 40th. Uh, I'm getting old by the day, old by the year, old by the minute, old by the second. But thank you uh, for coming out and celebrating uh, a very important birthday to me and my friends and family. And, yes, Britter, thank you, too. Uh, oh, she loves the purple shirt. I love it, too. Yes, the That's purple right. shirt yes. is I'm great. a purple, purple eater. You like that? No, you're the purple purple, remember? I am the purple purple, whatever the freak it is. But anyways, <laughs> that's it is what it is. At 9.45, we'll be talking to former NFL and CFL wide receiver and kick returner, Stefan Logan. He'll be joining us. I play for the Steelers and Lions and CFL, BC Lions, Ottawa, Red Blacks, and Montreal Alouettes. Whatever the hell that Alouettes. is. Alouettes. Alouettes. Uh, and at 10.30, we'll be talking to Wisconsin freshman cornerback, our friend, Al Ashford. He'll be joining us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we have a lot to talk about as we will get into the Rangers down 2-1, to one, which soon to be 2-2 two, two of this series, up 3 to nothing going into the third period. The Josh Donaldson uh, racism remarks, and obviously baseball suspending him for one game, and the Yankees didn't want to speak for him, which is very interesting moving forward uh, as the season progresses. Um, 
Um, we will get into the NBA playoffs. The Heat and Celtics tied at 2-2. And the Warriors look like they're going to sweep the Mavericks. So we'll get into that. Um, also, would Lakers attach first-round pick to trade trade for to trade Russell Westbrook. Who knows? We will get into that too. It doesn't make any sense, but I did hear, hear that Zach Levine has the Lakers on the top of his list mm-hmm. to go to next year. Well, you'll have to trade Russell Westbrook for that to happen or Anthony Davis. Cardinals to be on hard knocks for the full season. So that will, we'll get into that. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Really, really good spinoff uh, for hard knocks last year with Indianapolis Colts. So it'll be fun to watch. Uh, also could Terry McLaurin be the next receiver to be traded. I think he could, but I don't think it will be until the season starts. I think though Washington commanders will probably wait as the season progresses, see what he is doing, try to get as much as you can for him. And I think that would happen. They want a first round draft pick. So uh, I don't know right now if any team's going to be offering a first round, especially with the Tyreek Hill thing and obviously the Adams thing. McLaurin is a good player. I, I, I just don't know if I would attach a first round draft pick for him yet. But if he has another good season, I would do it. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But I, I do want to get into the hockey season because as the playoffs have begun, it has been nothing but let's go Rangers for That's all right. the Ranger fans. And and you want to know something? I could sit here today and say that the Rangers stink, and I would be taking a lot of Ranger fans off listening listening to this show. So I'm not going to say that the Rangers stink, okay? The Rangers have played very good hockey throughout this playoff. They played a very good they had a very good season defensively. Uh they have arguably the best goalie in the NHL this year. Uh looks like he'll be up for a Hart trophy. I don't think he'll win it, but um, he, I think he'll definitely win the goalie of the year, the Venzina Trophy. Uh, but going into the playoffs, a lot of people would say if the Rangers got out of the first round, that that's a winning season for them. And when you make the playoffs in any sport, it's not just getting into the playoffs and winning one round. It's winning the whole damn thing. So the excuses throughout... The playoffs all the way into this Carolina series is, well, what, what, what is the word they use? A speedy, I, I forget what they say. I, I mean, Boomer Esiason said it on his show. House the other money. Day. It's yeah. house money. This isn't house money. Sports is meant to win championships. You don't play to just get into the playoffs. If you said that to Tom Brady, if you said that to Steve Young, Joe Montana, Walt Clyde Frazier, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, they would laugh at you. You get into the playoffs, you play hard for 82 games to to try to win Lord Stanley's Cup. So for all the Ranger fans, and this is not about attacking the Rangers, because the Ranger fans should be very excited. They're going to tie this series 2-2 against a good Carolina team. Not very good offensively. They have not played very good offensively in this series. And it's not because of the Rangers' defense. It's not because of their goaltending. They're just not shooting. They're just not shooting. If you watch the series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, they were, they were shooting 40, 50 shots every single game. That's just jerking. 
Right now, I think the most shots they've had in this series in a game was like 30. 31. That's not going to do it. The most goals they've scored in this series in a game, I think, has been two. Mm -hmm. That's not going to win this series against the New York Rangers. Now, what we've seen so far in this series, which we didn't see in the Pittsburgh series, is the Rangers actually playing good team defense. And Shesterkin is actually playing well in this series. Now, the excuse is from the Beave and Tyler Harrison saying that Shesterkin had a great series against the Pittsburgh Penguins is a joke. Okay? But I can honestly say in this series... Shesterkin has played very well. Tonight, he has played very well. And the Rangers have been very lucky so far in this playoffs. They've played Domingue, who's a third-string goalie. And obviously, the Carolina Hurricanes, second goaltender. Their backup goaltending. One of six former Rangers. <laughs> Who is he? Antti Ranta. So, y- you look at it. Yeah, the Rangers have absolutely the aggre- they've been the aggressive team in this series. And and honestly, they've been the better team in this series. Now, does that make them better than Carolina? No. Could the Rangers beat Carolina? Well, they're going to have to win one of those games in Carolina to win. And Carolina has not been a very good away team. They haven't won one Road game so far in the playoffs. And that just doesn't cut it. And if they think they get out of this series, let's say Carolina wins this series against the Rangers. If they think they could go into the Eastern Conference Finals against the Tampa Bay Lightning and knock them out of the playoffs, they've got another thing coming for them, Speedy. Well, yeah, you you can't expect the pattern to continue for them to just be able to Why coast not? at home the way they did. This is did. the second series they haven't won one home. I know. One way again. It's, it's something that is bound to end eventually. Now, the other thing, too, is the home success is bound to end eventually, too, against a Tampa team that just took two in Florida and won one late with 3.8 seconds to go in game two and then decided, then destroyed them at home. Even though the other two, the game four, the other two games were goals were overturned, that was still an old dominating effort. So, yeah, I think the Carolina Hurricanes have fallen kind of into a content trap of. Of we're going to let our talent just win out. And that hasn't been the case these last two games. And you mentioned the Rangers team defense. It has played a lot better. Even a in lot game, better. In even series. in game two, I thought the game plan against Sebastian Ajo was very good. It was a lot of their wingers that were shooting him. And they were kind of doing what the Rangers were doing a lot against the Penguins, where they were shooting lower percentage shots. And it seemed to work in order for them not to get these high percentage good looks and not be able to pass around the way they did in game one. Because even in game one, they won it close, but they were still getting good looks, especially in that third period. Very high-quality scoring chances. And the Rangers have done a good job at taking that away in Game 3 especially. Now, there have still been some close calls in front of the net, too. The Hurricanes did get... They got one goal on a backhand by Niederreiter. And Shesterkin, beyond that, was fantastic. Made 43 saves and a lot of tough saves and a lot of tough goals in the crease that could have been in very easily. But they aren't getting the high-percentage high-quality velocity shots that you saw them get in certain points in Game 1. So I think that's where the Rangers have really improved. And they're finally scoring goals. They didn't. They couldn't score goals the first two games. One goal in those six periods of hockey. Now all of a sudden they're finally waking up and getting that top line going again, which is good to see. Well, I, again, 
you look at the goaltending, the Rangers definitely had the advantage. Now, is is this going to obviously wake up the Carolina Hurricanes to try to get Frederick Anderson on the ice? Because I, I'm not saying Antti Ranta hasn't played well. He's played very well in this series. He's been very good as far as what we have seen any backup goalie play and, and, and really has taken this Carolina Hurricane to the second round. But so far in this series, he has not been as good as he was against the Boston Bruins. And you're playing a, a more prolific offensive team like the Rangers, who have two really good lines. Their kid line is playing very well in this series, which has been really refreshing watching Lafanier and Capo Caco and, and the, the talent that they have drafted over the last couple of years. And they really haven't developed in the regular season. And now you're seeing the, the, the talent that they are, the speed that they have, the ability that they have in a big game. So it, it, that is refreshing if you're a Ranger fan. What's not refreshing to the Carolina fan is if you can't win away, you can't win in Madison Square Garden, there is no way you're going to win in Tampa. And if you think you're going to win a Stanley Cup, you got to get through Tampa, and then you're going to have to get through either the Avalanche, St. Louis, Calgary, or Edmonton. Okay? And right now, the two teams, I think whoever comes out of the Avalanche-St. Louis series is probably going to the Stanley Cup. That's what I think. But to me, what I have seen so far with the New York Rangers is they don't, they don't give up. They're playing, they're, they're playing very well when it comes to team defense. And they're doing everything they possibly can to keep the puck in Carolina's zone and put the pressure on the backup goalie in anti-Ranta. Yeah, Ranta, this game definitely was uncharacteristically down for him in comparison to what he was even in game one of this series and game two when he had the shutout. And you're... A lot of bad goals. You a lot of the ones you saw, like Shesterkin had in Pittsburgh. A lot of the ones you saw the Penguins goalies have later in that series too. Get the third goal, especially he thought he had it, then it was sitting in the crease, and then Zabanajad was able to put it in. And then you even said the second one, which I don't think was as bad, but you thought it was a bad goal too. And the first one was definitely a bad goal for him too. So it definitely begs the question of Carolina trying to get some kind of rallying cry going, maybe to switch goaltenders. And the Rangers, because they're being more aggressive and they've gotten high quality chances stretch passes have forced the hurricanes into something that they're not used to because their defense on paper is good. And they've had a lot of undisciplined penalties. I mean, a lot of the ex Rangers doing weird things, not surprising. And then offensively, they just haven't been able to get that going. So it's might be something that you know, they need that kind of spark. Maybe they could trust it for one more at home. But again, if they lose at home, that's even more of a concern for them too. And Again, talent-driven teams, you can't always just win on that. Carolina, I thought, had a good identity of everything when it came to grit, when it came to skater depth and everything like that. But it kind of disappeared these last two games, and they're going to have to turn that around. Because they are the better team all around, but they can't just win on talent alone in the NHL playoffs. You need some level of a physical identity and grit and be able to do the little things. And the Rangers have shown that the last two games. Of another fun series that I, we have watched so far, and, and we'll get into the Lightning series as they swept the Florida Panthers. I was wasn't surprised. I picked Florida to win this series in, I think it was seven games. You had something, yep. I, I had Florida in seven games. I was very surprised. I was, 
I, if you're if you're a Lightning fan, there's a lot of Lightning fans out there. They like what this team has done. They're back to back championships. That could they could you imagine if they win three championships back to back? That would be years? really something. It would be the first time really since the Islanders, the yep. dominance of what the Islanders did in the '80s. So, and they've played fantastic. Uh, they're getting go- good goal scoring and. And even their best their best playoff player in point didn't even play in that series. Right. And they dominated a Florida Panther team that won the President's Trophy and was the best team in all of the NHL throughout the season. So it was very impressive what Tampa has done. And, and uh, we all know about Vasilovsky, who I think is the best goalie in the NHL. There's not even an argument. Yes, he might yeah. not win the Vincent Trophy this year because of what Shosturkin did in the regular season. But really, what this guy does in the big game is just fantastic. It shows you what he is. Uh, and you, you want to talk about big-time players in a big-time spot. That's Vasilovsky, who I think is the best player on that Tampa Bay Lightning team. Oh, yeah. Um, as far as the, the fun game that I'm uh, – the series that I'm talking about is the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche, who I, I think it's been so fun to watch. It really has been. And by the way, Gleyber Torres hits another home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been saying this. We were just talking about this. <laughs> yeah, Josh's fantasy team. Yeah, All uh, of a sudden. Yeah, I've been, t- I've been telling people about this guy. This guy's going to get it. and he's a, Now that's seven home runs. Uh, I expect him to have a fantastic season. 25 to 30 home runs, I expect that. And he's going he's gonna to get you about 80, 90 RBIs. I think that's the type of player that he is. But uh, getting back to um, this whole Nazem Kondry thing, and, it, and I, I will say this. I understand if you don't like a player. I understand if you don't like a team. But the racism, the attacks that this guy got because of a hockey game, is despicable. Absolutely despicable. On Twitter, death threats, it's disgusting. And for a guy to go into a game with all that pressure, all that situation of putting, you know, worrying about his family, protecting his family, and going into a game and scoring a hat trick in one of the biggest games of his career, having a season that he has, was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And for all those St. Louis Blue fans, and uh, and I listen, did he run in um what's his name again? B- Bennington. B- B- Bennington. And did he run purposely in Bennington? Who knows? Did it look like he did it purposely? I I mean, watching the video, it looked like he tried to hurt him. Okay, I I, I mean, I'm a high watching it at different angles. He didn't try to stop. He tried to run into him and hurt him. But there's no guarantees to that. And to threaten a guy and his family because of a hockey game is ridiculous. Okay? I understand you're a fan of your team. I understand that you want your team to win a championship. I understand that you have that connection with that team and what they did three years ago, winning the Stanley Cup in the Boston, in the Boston Gardens. But this is a hockey game. And to threaten a guy and his family is ridiculous. And for a guy to come in to a game with all that pressure and all that ruckus, I I was very impressed with Cowdery. I I can't say anything. To score a hat-trick in a very big game. And by the way, St. Louis gave them all they can handle. I I mean, seriously. I I, I mean, St. Louis was up 1-0 with, I think, yeah, uh, I think it was like seven or eight minutes left to the second period, and right. all of a sudden and then the Avalanche scored three in less than a minute. <laughs> th- three, and then they scored a four. They were up four to one, mm-hmm. and then obviously St. Louis scored back to back to back, back to back goals, 
Uh, cut it to four to three. Went to the third period, and that was a back and forth. You know, just crazy, 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 crazy game. And I will say this: if anybody doesn't believe hockey isn't the best sport when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to the playoffs, I don't know what you're watching, right. because it is so fun. The vicious attacks and blows and things that could happen in the middle of the game and. It's just fun. It really, really is fun. So I, I think the Avalanche, it, and by the way, the Avalanche is up 3-1. to one. This series is far from over. Right. It's far from over. Because St. Louis could win tomorrow and then take this game right back Take this game right back to St. Louis. And if they do that, this could go seven games. <laughs> I, the question is, is Bennington going to come back? No, he's out for the rest of this series. Is, he? We'll is, is it guaranteed? Yes, yep. He's already been listed out for the rest of this what, because, series. Because of concussion? Yeah, and... Uh, really? They, they need they need Huso. They'll need Huso to play like he did against the Wild in the beginning of the series, where he had a shutout in game one and played well in game two. The, uh, until I think one last rush in the third period. But they're going to need that kind of form from him again if they want. Any by the shot. way, by the way, Jeff says the MLB Player of the Week is Trevor Stories. Hit another home run tonight, but I was told he was no good. I never said he wasn't good. I said that he's not worth $170 million. And for a player that has seven home runs, oh, by the way, Gleyber Torres has seven home runs as well, okay, and is hitting 223. that's not great, Jeff, okay? So I don't know where you could pay 170 Gleyber Torres is, a what, 25 years old, 26 years old, making $500,000 a year and has seven home runs, and has the same amount of RBIs as Trevor Story. So I don't know what you're bragging about for a player that's in 223. Good luck on that. I just want to go back to Kadri for a second. That was one of the most, like, just revenge performances you can get. I mean, those St. Louis fans, all of you, whoever sent those threats, your eyes are all scumbags. You never do those kinds of things to anybody. Well, I like that, Speedy. Yeah, and it's 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 sickening to me when you see these all these death threats, all these racist threats that you see just because an athlete does something. Like, all right, this athlete, this athlete didn't do well in a NCAA tournament game. I think one of Ohio State's players last year got death threats on Twitter because of that. You so you see it with fantasy sports all the time. If guys. Somebody underperforms on your fantasy team. You see these stupid fans that want to give threats to them. It's These are people's lives. Please stop. And especially when you take it to a racist level, so tweeting about things about your culture and, and the atta- att- attacks and all that stuff, it's disgusting. And shout out to Nazem Kadri. That was one of the best performances you'll ever see on that level, on that stage. And re- David Perron, too. What it was, <laughs> You're elbowing a guy after a goal on, on that kind of performance? That, that That's a bad look on you, too. I, that, uh, but Nazem Kadri, hats off to you. That uh, Doing what they did on that Jeff, kind of we're not here. By the way, I'm sorry to cut you yeah. off. We're not getting into baseball right now, but don't worry. We'll get into the Josh Donaldson thing. And don't compare me to Josh Donaldson because I'm not racist, nor have I ever been. And for you to attack me like that, Jeff, shut up. Okay? You sound like an idiot. All right? You're just a dumbass. And if you got nothing good to say, don't say it at all, Jeff, because that's what you do. And you're not going to bully me because I'll bully you right back, bud. Anyways, getting back to the NHL playoffs. Again, I think the St. Louis and Tampa Bay – St. Louis – and Avalanche series has been fantastic. The Calgary-Edmonton series, I am not surprised that this series has gone the way it has. Edmonton, who nobody would have thought had a chance in this series against Calgary, has played well. And, and a guy that nobody would have thought would be having the series he's been having 
it, it's it's fantastic. And that's Vander Kane, yep. who who has just played out of this world. He's been the best hockey player in the playoffs so yep. far. He has ten, been ten goals, <laughs> not even just ten goals. I, I yes, he's playing with Connor McDavid. Yes, he's scoring at will. But he's doing everything right. He's playing good defense. They're putting him on the penalty killing. Uh, he's he's doing everything you expect a, a top end player to do, especially the money that he got before he got suspended right. for the things that he did on and off the ice. Yeah, the Sharks couldn't trade him. Nobody wanted him at that time. The Oilers took a flyer on him for offensive depth from, from waivers, really. And he's led the league uh, led the league in playoff goals so far. Like you were saying, he, he hits, he, he's, he's intimidating, he's a grinding-type player, and he's really... really overshifted the way this series has gone. Remember, the Flames blew him out in Game 1, and that, or not blew him out, they had that chaotic win in Game 1, and they were up big in Game 2, and really, he was one of the big spark plugs that changed that game for the Oilers, and then Game game 3 really was the blowout there, and again, you, you would have never expected it from a guy that's won, hasn't played all, most of the season because of, because of him being suspended with the gambling, and then also just not having a lot of chemistry throughout the season without these guys, too. And then he's not just playing with Connor McDavid, either. They've shuffled him all around the lines, too. And he's played well on every line he's been on He's so a far. vicious player, yeah. too. He, he's not a nice player. Right. Uh, how many times have we seen him been suspended from the NHL for some of the things that he's done on the ice? So, I, I, obviously, we all know about the betting situation that he had and why he was suspended and why he was obviously thrown and, and suspended from the San, the, the San Jose Sharks. Right. And now is playing with Connor McDavid on a very cheap contract. Right. But uh, he will be a free agent in the offseason. And, and what he has done so far in the playoffs, and if he continues doing what he is doing and gets this team in the Western Conference Finals, something that nobody thought Edmonton would be because right. of their goaltending problem and because of their defensive problem, uh, it's been – Really surprising, and he's been one of the main reasons why they've been surprising. It hasn't been Dreisaitl, and it hasn't been McDavid. It's been him, and that's that's the impressive thing because he's not even the first or second best player on the team. I wouldn't even say he's the third best player on the yeah, team. Yeah, you could argue Hyman. You could argue Nugent Hopkins. If you want to add defenseman, Nurse is definitely top three if you want to add that. So it, it, to me, uh, what he has done has been absolutely fantastic, and, and really what this team has done, and, 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 and showing Edmonton that there could be – championship opportunities in the future. I don't know if they're good enough this year to knock off the Avalanche or St. Louis. Right. I would say no, but I didn't think they would be Calgary, and I still don't think they're going to be Calgary. But right now, they're leading in a series that I, I really think – and I really thought Calgary was just going to run away with. Yeah, I had them in five for the Flames. That's not going to happen anymore. But when you have a rivalry setting like that, Battle of Alberta, a lot of things could change. But one thing it does prove for the Oilers, too, is now they know maybe they're just a goalie away. I mean, yeah, their defense still isn't great, but it was definitely better than years past. And they have a kid in Bouchard who was a first-round pick who's played well in this series, too. I think he was a top-ten pick. Mm-hmm. And he's played well in this series. And even some of their forwards defensively, too, some of the veterans they brought in, have played well against a very good Flames offensive team, too, with a lot of depth, especially with centers, too. And that was supposed to be a, not an advantage, but it's supposed to be something that the Flames pride themselves on, and they just haven't shown it in this series. And the Oilers, yeah, they're probably not, they might not get past the Avalanche or the Blues, unless Bennington might be hurt longer if the Blues somehow do come back. But if they do come back, Huso gets a lot of confidence, so they're probably not winning that either. Yes, and I think it's been very impressive what, what we've seen so far. Even uh, the Edmonton uh, goaltending has been very, yeah. very good in this series, believe it or not. I mean, who's their goalie? Mike Smith. Smith, who's, who's been fl- a good playoff goalie in the past. He, I mean, he's flopping all over the yeah. place. I hate that helmet, by the way. He's got the old, like, uh, 
what is it, Glenn Healy helmet? Uh, I mean, it, it's so old. It's so old looking. But he's been he's been really good. So there's really there's really nothing bad to say about Edmonton so far in this series. And if they could cut this series, I mean, if they could put this series up three to one, I think this series is over. I, I can't see Calgary coming back from a three one deficit no. the way this this team and the way the Edmonton Oilers have been playing and the way they've lacked goaltending too. All of a sudden, yeah. And by the way, yes, I'm proudly supporting. The New York Yankees uh, emblem has nothing to do with Donaldson, ass. Okay? So stop talking about Donaldson. I I never said that what Donaldson did over the weekend. I will get into that in just a few minutes. What Donaldson did over the weekend had nothing to do with Yankee fans. Okay? You like bringing up Yankee fans. You like throwing the Yankee fans under the bus because Yankee fans this and Yankee fans that. Josh Donaldson is his own man. He is not... Just because he's a Yankee and he supports the, the sign and the emblem on his chest and on his hat doesn't mean that he is a New Yorker. So for you to attack the New York fans and, and attack the, the New Yorkers for what you are. How about Boston? Let's get into the Boston Red Sox. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. They're in last place right now. Okay, and you keep talking about Trevor Story. Who cares if Trevor Stories is on a hot streak and he has seven home runs in what? Five games. Who cares? Because where is Boston right now? Where is Boston right now? Speedy, you have it? You have the you have the standings right now where Boston is sitting? Because if it would if it was me, I'll, I'll tell you where Boston is sitting. Nineteen and twenty two, they're in fourth place. They're nineteen and twenty two and they're in fourth place. They're uh I don't know. Nine and a half nine back and a half back from the Yankees. They're playing great baseball, by the way, bro. Now they have they're, right now, they in the last 10 games, they're 8-2. But look who they've beaten. Look who they've beaten. Seattle, who's struggling, yeah. They haven't beaten nobody. Okay? Now, I, do I think Boston is going to give the Yankees a run for the money as the season progresses? Yes. Because I don't think Boston is as bad as they've shown throughout this season. But to sit here and talk about the Yankees, why? Because the Yankees are in first place and the Yankees have the best record in baseball? That's why you want to attack them? I think it's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous. Stuck says, if Andrew Kane needs to earn that money so he can pay the casinos back. Yeah, sounds about right. Yes, Carl, the Tampa Bay Lightning do complete the sweep. Yes, he did. Uh, Truba with a dirty hit tonight, but it's no use surprise he played in New York. Yeah, that was definitely surprising. He only got the, the one uh, five-minute uh, penalty in that. Uh, yeah, you mainly read all of All right, all right, all right, all right. Anyways, uh, to finish up with hockey, because uh, as far as I'm concerned with the Lightning series, I expect the Lightning, uh, the way they've played so far, and they haven't even had Braden Point, right. who uh, is their best playoff player really in the first round, and then going into the second round, not having him the whole second round against arguably the best team in the NHL throughout the regular season has been very impressive. It was very impressive. And whoever comes out of this Carolina Rangers series, the chances of – the way the Carolina Hurricanes have played in this series – they don't stand a chance against Tampa. Even if they get out of this series and squeak by the Rangers, they don't stand a chance. They, they cannot not score goals against Tampa Bay Lightning and expect to win because the Lightning have great goaltending and great defense. They have the best defense defenseman in all of hockey in Rick, Victor Hedman. So, I, I mean, this is it, it's not going to be easy for either the Rangers or the Lightning. And it's so funny when I hear the Ranger fans say, I can't wait. If we get out of Carolina, we've beaten – the Lightning, uh, the majority of the times in the regular season. The playoffs and the regular season 
are different. Yeah, I think Again, Florida. I think Florida beat Tampa Bay the majority of times in the regular season. That doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. Okay, it doesn't mean anything. And Jeff, you know what? Why don't you call the show and speak about New Yorkers? Because you want to know something. I don't really care what you think about New Yorkers. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you you want to attack. To uh, the honest truth. Who are you to say anything about New Yorkers? What do you know about New Yorkers? Why? Because the Yankees threw a baseball? Because they threw a baseball at the the Red Sox? Or or the Yankees threw stuff at the the uh, Indians early this season? Is that is that what it is? That makes Oh, I'm sorry. You want to take attack the Islander fans cuz they threw things at John Tavares cuz he walked out on the Islanders the way he did? You know what? It's in every sports. The only reason why it's center of attention, it's because the press makes it center of attention here in New York. You wouldn't even know if if it wasn't New York. If it was Pittsburgh, nobody would be talking about it. Yeah, you probably only know if it was like New if York, was, Toronto, or Philly. <laughs> if it was the Texas Rangers, nobody would talk about it. If it was, I don't know. The Florida Marlins. Oh, God. Nobody, nobody would, would be talking about it. <laughs> but because it's the New York Yankees or it's one of the Yankee players, everybody is talking about it, including you. And I know he's on the phone, so put his ass through because I, I would love to hear his pathetic thoughts to it. Jeff, you're on. Oh, yeah. New Yorkers are just the worst people. Yeah. They're the worst version yeah. of people. So, so are Boston they people. Are. So are Boston people. And yeah. I, I, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, you're not we have more. But who do we have on? Who do we have on a couple of weeks ago? Mill Holland. What did he say about Boston people? Yeah. Please, please, Speedy. Tell him what he said. Yeah. He said they weren't nice fans there. They weren't nice fans. They're rude yeah. and disrespectful oh, and dirtbags. And dirtbags. Just like you. Just like you. You know, you know what's the best member when Garrett Cole cried because Boston fans called him Kermit and that was too mean for him? Uh, so that's why you were. That's why you no. were. Po- that's why you were posting and sending me text messages about. Kermit. No, no. I just New Yorkers are just the worst people, right? right? Because like mm-hmm. here's here's the funny mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You, you qualify things, right? You go, mm-hmm. oh, well, we, we yeah. threw stuff at John's bars. Why? Because you screwed over the organization. Oh, so I guess that means Celtics fans should be able to throw shit at Kyrie. They did. Right? They did. They, they did. did. Yes, they did. They yes, they did. Yes, they did. And you won't even take that responsibility because he's from Rhode Island. Even, Who cares? Even, yeah, he's a URI alum. He's from Rhode Island. He's, a, he's from URI alum. Jeff already hates him. Please, Jeff. Jeff, no matter what you say, it, 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 you always try to find a make, make an excuse. Right, uh, so, right, how about so the Boston so fans when Kyrie Irving was walking into the locker room calling him dirty, disgusting names? Are you kidding me? Well, that's, that's Are you kidding me? That's part of the deal. Oh, yeah, it's part of the deal. Yeah, it's part of the deal. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, they called him a pussy. Oh, no. That's so terrible. Oh, they did more than that. That you didn't, you didn't, you didn't even catch what they were saying on. Uh, uh, yeah, you, you know, there was a video of it. That was that was the video, but there was a lot of other things that they were saying. But, but, did you know right, that he was trying to get to his car and that they were trying to jump him when he was trying to get right, to his car? First Did all, you know that? First of, all, you can't, first of all, you can't because uh, the thing is, there's security in the parking lot. That's right, there are security. And I, I, dude, I, I've been to the Boston Guard. I've been over there. I've been to the. I, I know where they are. The, where the, <laughs> where the, so where making the players, where I, like, oh. I'm making things up. I'm not making anything up. I can tell you exactly the parking lot and where you go. There's, there's seven levels. There's seven levels. On the top level is where the players go, and that there were, there were fans waiting for him when he was trying to get to his car. 
So what are you talking about? But all of that is justified because he said that he was going to stay. So if we can throw things, if if Tavares can have things thrown at him to screw over the organization, all the stuff you're mentioning about Boston and Tyree, it's all justified because he said he was going to stay. No, there's no, there's no justification. It doesn't matter who it is. You don't do that. Then then you need to stop qualifying New Yorkers throwing things at Tavares. That's what you need to do then. Yeah. And Snug, you have no idea what you're talking about. So kiss your own, you know what? And I'm not going to say it. Because I'm not going to waste my time. brings up Tavares, you go, oh, it's, well, it's because he promised he was going to stay, and you qualify it. Stop qualifying it. I'm not qualifying anything. Don't attack New Yorkers when you have no idea what you're talking about. Because Boston Boston fans are like that. Dallas, Texas. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It happens everywhere. Seattle. It happens in Utah. Someone yelled at Russell Westbrook. It happens everywhere. Yeah. It just happens. Racism at Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah, no, it happens everywhere. It just happens at a much. No, it doesn't. It's posted it's on. on. It's posted on New York because it's press coverage. That's the only reason why. We've had two incidents so far this season. Just oh, in God. baseball, where yeah. were they? Just two incidents, dude. Do you know? Last year, uh, I mean, after the football season, do you know how many incidents were uh, over there with the LA Rams? Do you know how many incidents of fights in the audience that happened? That almost uh, how many people almost died in those fist fights? That was posted on Facebook. Oh, but nobody talks about it. The only time they f- talk about it is if you're in LA. Or you're in there, and they don't even talk about it. There's not even enough press coverage over there because nobody even goes to their baseball games. Rams fans are terrible. We see them. Yeah, they're terrible. We get it. But I just said to you, in this baseball season, there's been two incidents. Where were they? What are you talking about? The only incidents that happened this year? Josh Donaldson. And the Indians. That is that is not the, the only. Sorry, those not, weren't the sorry. only two incidents that happened this year, Jeff. Those are the two big incidents because obviously it's because of the press coverage. That's all. It's all press coverage. We were, we were supposed to. Dude, he got suspended for one game. If it was that bad, he would have been suspended for a lot right, worse. I bet she's Tyler's favorite player now, too. <laughs> well, probably. I don't know. I, don't, I could care less what Tyler has to say because, you know, you know Tyler's going to sit there and, and think because the Rangers are winning that they're going to win the Stanley Cup. It's no, they so won. Fun. Yeah, no, they won tonight. It's 2-2. Yeah. Well, I, I know. I said that. I told I told everybody that as soon as the Rangers scored two goals, that the, 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 I mean, the game was over. This should have been a given, though. But you realize Carolina hasn't won a game on the Rangers. I said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said that. I was saying the the pattern's got to be broken eventually, but I guess not tonight. I mean, not really. This team's pretty terrible on the road. No, I know. It's just, it's one extreme to the other. That kind of it's a statistical anomaly that doesn't happen a lot in the NHL. NBA, it's a little more common, but not as much in hockey. And I I, I will say something about Josh Donaldson. For Josh <laughs> Donaldson, and I'm going to say this, and I'm, I'm this isn't going to be a long, you know, press yeah, coverage for Do- Josh Donaldson. Over with it. Uh, I'll say this. Josh Donaldson does not speak for all New Yorkers, okay? He doesn't. And whatever he said to Anderson, whatever he said, was despicable, disgusting, and that the MLB should have suspended him for a lot longer than one game, okay? 100% should have. 100% should have. All right, but I don't know exactly what he said. And and for whatever he said, and obviously there's nothing. He He was mocking Tim Anderson and trying to call him Jackie Robinson. Yeah, but I, I think he said so. I, I heard he said other things too. Yeah, he's, he's also said things in the past too when he was with the Twins. I as heard well. he said he said other things. Right, but, right. But I'm just going with the thing that has been confirmed. Right, the that's thing. the only thing we I mean, know. Rumor. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and give air to rumors. Not gonna do it. And if I'm if I'm a Yankee that is Puerto Rican, 
African-American, Dominican, I wouldn't be happy with Josh Donaldson either, okay? And if I was Aaron Judge, who's half black, I would pull Josh Donaldson to the side and and make sure that he understands that if he ever does that again, he's going to have to answer to him. Because to me, that is despicable. And for anybody to say, well, uh, because he's a New York Yankee is the reason why he – he was permitted to do that or he said that that's not true he no, was I raised he was I raised think, I, he was raised think, he was raised a different way now he could be a hick he could be whatever whatever he is could, no there is no excuse i'm not saying there is but the fact is for anybody to blame the yankees organization for something like this, this isn't the yankees fault that josh donaldson said that it isn't the Yankees' fault. They have no control of Josh Donaldson. They paying this guy $25 million a year to play baseball. They're not play, paying this guy to say, you know what, this is what we want you to say. And you're not supposed to talk crap when you're playing in a baseball game. What he said was despicable, and he should have been suspended for five to ten games. Why did, baseball did have, didn't do I that, have, I don't know. I halfway, I halfway agree with you. I halfway agree with you. Okay, so just hear me out on this. No, I don't think the organization can go and police. As no one's blaming the Yankees organization. No, you should read. You should read Twitter. You should go on Twitter because I. Well, we we know half of the stuff is on Twitter. So who cares? (laughs) But here's 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 a real thing. Yeah, the the Yankees ownership does take some responsibility because, like Speedy just said, he had an incident before in Minnesota, and yet the organization chose to look the other way and still sign him. So yeah, they do bear some responsibility for bringing in a guy with history. Because if this were Football, it would be all you talk about. But here's the thing, Jeff. He's not the only player that said racist things on a baseball field. That's not. That's not. That's not right or wrong. I know it's not an excuse, but other people get chances. Greg Hardy, look what he did. He practically drowned his girlfriend in a toilet bowl. Okay, look what he did, and he played football. Hold on, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Domestic violence is just as bad as racism in the in the in the game. I'm just saying. Listen, I'm not doing that, but what I'm doing is what everybody has done, you, me, everybody included, which is the organization does bear some responsibility for saying. Jeff, let me ask you a question. Jeff, I want to ask you a question. Okay, and I'm not saying I'm not racist. I a lot of my my best friend. I'm just I'm just saying I'm just I know you're not accusing me. My best friend is African American. Okay, okay. So I, I I'll say this. Have you ever said anything in any kind of way that's come out of your mouth in the past that has been racist? Yes or no? I stand by everything I've said about New Yorkers. That's not what I'm saying. Have you ever said anything in your lifetime that has been racist to anybody in this world? Yes or no? I think there's degrees. No, I think there's degrees to this, right? Because you're just trying to use... No, what I'm saying... I think that that if you you were 14 or 15 and said something stupid, you're an idiot kid who probably doesn't have enough life experience to make an educated guess. But they're all adults. Josh Donaldson is an adult. There's a difference between making an adult decision and a kid decision. So saying any time in your lifetime that you've done anything stupid... Is ridiculous. No, it's because not. You're trying, again, you're Everybody. No, I'm not trying to justify. I'm not saying Josh Donaldson was right for what he did. I'm saying that people have been, they've said things in their lifetime that has been racist. And, and, and they've, apologi- they've apologized. Josh Donaldson has done it multiple times. So an apology, I can't believe. I can't trust that he, he his apologies mean anything. And he did apologize for it. But I, I don't trust that he's not he's not apologetic for it. Well, this, but, well, this should go well, this should go to the conversation of 
you're, you're flat out saying he's had issues in the past. Yeah, so, okay. So we're not talking about second chances here anymore. How many chances should a guy get? He, he's under contract. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Baseball contracts are guaranteed. Yeah, you can cut him. So you you're gonna sit here you're gonna sit here right now and say you know what uh, uh, you said something racist uh, you you apologized uh, we didn't hear what you said even though uh, there were stories coming out and nothing has come out saying what he exactly said nothing other, other organizations have done it nothing has come out to first say all, what he all, said fine well he got suspended for something yeah he's got and suspended clear, for a game and it was and it was clearly racial I'm not taking and that away he, from and him. And if he, I'm not taking and that away he from apologized before for it. How many chances does a guy get? Listen, I'm not, stick, I'm, not I'm not sticking up for I'm not sticking up for Josh Donaldson. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, can he say it six or seven more times? How many chances does he get? I don't know. And that has not that to me, I, I'm not the Yankees and I'm not the, I'm not running the right, organization. So but you can't but you can't point the fingers at the Yankees because they decide to keep a good player. No, no, no. You 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 can point the finger at the Yankees for Seeing a guy that had a history of doing that and still having Greg Hardy had a history to do what he did, uh, but the Cowboys gave him a chance, right? Uh, right. right? Because he's a good player, right? The Cowboys. Because he's a good player, right? Look at the red. Look at the look at the Giants turn their heads from Brown. Remember oh, the God, kicker? Yeah, that was horrible. Remember that? that terrible. Remember what he was doing? Domestic beating up his wife, and they turned their heads. The Maras so respected in the NFL and what they did. Oh, I'm sorry, because they're Another from New, New York. Yorker. I knew it. You hear that? Another New York. Brown is not from New York, by the way. He's from Texas. All right. Where so what? Where did he live? What? That's yours. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you know. Where did he, where did he live? So where what? Live? For one season. Who New cares? Yorker. Yeah, he's not a New Yorker. You, you, you know Yorker. what? You just hate New Yorkers. That's fine. You don't. That's fine. You I, do. I'm you hate them. It happens everywhere. It Good. just happens in a much higher rate. Uh, it's a lie. Jeff, it's the all press the, coverage. It is the press coverage. Them. Jeff, there's so much that happens in baseball games every single so day you that you don't so hear. You don't so hear. Because so nobody gives a crap what happens in Pittsburgh. Nobody so gives a crap what happens so in Detroit, what Michigan. So what, you're, so what you're telling me is the reporter ran on the field and told Josh Donaldson what to say? It's the, it's the <laughs> I, no matter what I say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I put my hands up. I, it, it, no matter how I argue this, it's not going to matter. Was Josh Donaldson no, wrong? Absolutely no. wrong. Should he have been suspended for five to ten games? Absolutely. Am I the New York Yankees to say that they should cut him? No. Do I think the Yankees should cut him? I don't know. That's the Yankees' decision, not mine. All I'm saying to you is, in any other sport, especially football, because we see it all the time with football, right, where a guy has a history and goes somewhere else and they, and they go, oh, how could the organization – you're seeing it right now in Cleveland. Mm. Oh, how could they bring in Deshaun Watson? They have a point. So why is it not fair to say, oh, why would the Yankees bring this guy in? Why is that not fair? Listen, Jeff, you're right. I asked the question, you're, why is it not fair? Why is it? I, again, I, again, the Yankees bring in a good player. That's not the Yankees' fault of what comes with out of that guy's mouth. Of racism, okay. Of All right, so, so what the Yankees need to do every time they bring in a free agent or they bring in a player that they trade for, they got to make sure that he doesn't say any racist Speedy, remarks, he hasn't done Speedy anything Speedy, illegal Speedy, or Speedy, bad Speedy, in his lifetime because he doesn't deserve Speedy, a second or third chance. No, Speedy, let me ask it. you a question, no. Speedy, because you seem to be the only impartial one here. Harold thinks I'm biased against them. Yeah, I, I do. Biased for them, I do. Right? I think you're totally biased for them. Mm. Every year. We hear everything. We're, we're by the way, on, we're going to get on. our guest on in a second. Yeah, we got to get our guest on. Right, I'm going to ask you a question. Every year we hear Errol say, 
oh, the Yankees have endless money. They can sign anyone. Then why choose the racist dick? I don't know. It's my... Yes, they said that that's a lot of money, but he also said they don't spend it like they used to because it's not George Steinbrenner. They, they don't. Right. So, so they so they have endless money and they can sign anyone, but yet they chose the racist dick. They so chose. First of all, they had so to get rid of. They first so of all. Be fair to say that the Yankees bear some responsibility. No. Just like no. The no. Browns no. Bear some responsibility no. In no. Nuances. It's not the Yankees' fault for what came out of Josh Donaldson's fault. Yeah, uh, the mouth. No. Who cares? That it. has nothing to do with them. They're trying to win uh-huh. ball games. They're trying to win championships. If they think I, that he's going to make I, them I, better, I, I, that's I what they're going to do. I want to hear no slander about anyone else ever after that statement. Because they're just trying to win games. They are. That's any baseball team. You're going to tell me that the Boston Red Sox never done that before? Oh, I'm sorry. Manny, uh, I, by the way, I watched your screwball, you know, Netflix. It really is good, though. It was it good. Really it is. was good. And anybody that hasn't seen it, go check it out. It's on Netflix. It's a great, great what was the, documentary. What was, the guy that, what was the guy that had the clinic? What was his name? Again? Tony, um... Oh, Tony Bosch. Tony Bosch, yes. Dude, when you have the guy in the documentary that's being like, yeah, I gave the steroids and I have the logs and I have the whole thing, and by the way, they tried to kill me, and you said, oh, Alex Rodriguez, decent guy. Wrong. He's a trash bag. He's a trash bag. But then again, doesn't surprise me. I in New York. Oh I, I, I actually met Alex Rodriguez, and Alex Rodriguez was so nice and so caring and collective to me. So Maybe because uh, he wasn't trying to murder someone at that moment. All right, Jeff, call back a little later. Thanks. Jeff from Tampa, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, interesting fella who just thinks that Boston rules the world and New York just drools. And thank you, Jeff, for making my night so swell. Anyways, when we come back, we'll be talking to ex-NFL and CFL wide receiver and kick returner Stefan Logan here. On the sports blabouts. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. 631 672 3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. By the way, before we get our guest on, and I, I can't wait to get him on. We haven't had him on for a little while. Um, Carl says he is their employee, Errol. They are responsible for him. In baseball, and everybody knows that, when they get a contract and they're under a contract, they're their own employee. They, they're going to get that money nevertheless. So for anybody to say that the Yankees had any control of what Josh Donaldson said is ridiculous. You want to suspend them? They could suspend. They want to suspend them for money. They want to take money from them. That's the Yankees' decision. You can't blame the Yankees for what he came out of his mouth. Brian Cashman didn't say it. Hal Steinbrenner didn't say it. So I don't understand why everybody wants to attack them. But anyways. Uh, we got our special guest, our first guest. We are now talking to former NFL and CFL wide receiver and kick returner, Stefan Logan. What's going on, Stefan? What's going on, y'all? Man, I, that was a great conversation, man. Y'all was talking about the baseball. I don't know a whole lot about it. I didn't hear. I don't know what happened, but y'all was going back and forth. How y'all doing? I'm good, man. We, I actually, I miss you. Uh, we haven't spoken <laughs> to you almost two years, man. I know you. Were, I know. I know you were coaching, right? Yeah, yeah. I was coaching for a little bit, man, but I had. 
that was a short that was a short stint when I was doing the coaching thing. My wife ended up getting sick. I'm sorry. And I had to, I had to come home and and I've been taking care of my wife full time. It's like it's a full time really? job, but it's worth it. How's she doing? I try not to make it sound too bad, but right. she's 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 really not. She's not doing the best right now. We we was in we've been in the hospital, in and out of the hospital for the past month. Mm-hmm. You know, with the chemo and the radiation and. the right treatments and the this and the that and the pills and the medicine and all that so it's like it's like it's just kind of like a little roller coaster going up and down but like i said we're taking it one day at a time and we still fighting every day so as long as she's still breathing i'll be right there fighting with her 24 7 a world needs good people like you stefan it's I, you know i try to man i try to be good i, I say this real quick I, me and my wife was, was in the car the other day and uh, she don't really we don't really go as go out as much as we used to because of you know what's going on and we were uh i came home one day and i said i said baby let's go let's go ride on the beach and you know we were on the beach and i, I didn't know if we was gonna get out or not so we just gonna cruise on through and um we was just talking about like kids and life and stuff like that and i and i, I told her, i said i might not be the, the the greatest dad due to not my fault you know mm-hmm. the, the the kids mom just they just kind of put me through hell and um um, I said, but I, I I am in control of being the greatest husband. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to make up for the lack in that area of like with my kids. But with my wife, I, I, I go over and beyond for, for to be a great husband. So that's that's want to tell you that. Yeah. And I listen, I, I've we've had so many different people on our show. We've interviewed so many people. And when you hear some of the stories and the trials and tribulations that some of these guys have gone through, not even from their families, but mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, kids. I mean, I lost my four month year old nephew early this year, uh, uh, an accident. And then my cousin, a couple of weeks later passed away. 21 year old, Mm -hmm. 22 year old cousin passed away, found, uh, found uh, not moving, non-responsive in his bed. Uh, after yeah. coming back from the service, so sorry, sorry to hear yeah. that. Man. So it's it, it, it's crazy how life it, life goes so fast. I turned forty um, a couple of weeks ago, and it's mm. it just it happens so fast. I remember when I was eighteen and I graduated <laughs> from high school. You know, so um, it's it's crazy. It's it, it crazy. Really I'll be, be forty one. I'll be forty one next next week. Happy birthday. On the second, I'll be forty-one. So thank you, but yeah, it do go fast. It does. <laughs> before you know it, you you if you was eighteen, before you know it, you 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 thirty. You like, look you look good for a forty-one-year-old man. You oh, thank good. you very much. I try to keep myself nice and clean, <laughs> shaved, and smooth. So I try to keep it right. Well, I, I say the same thing when people tell me that I'm. You know, most people when they turn forty, they lose their hair. But I don't know if you if you look at my hair right now. I don't think I'm oh, losing man, you any good. anytime you, soon. You, you, you good, man. I, 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 lost, I lost mine when I was about, about 25. So, you know, <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's okay. I keep it shaved. And, and the good thing about it is when I'm riding my bike or if I'm out, you know, we, if we're cruising in the streets or whatever in the car and I let the windows down, I let the wind blow through my scalp. So I don't got to worry about nothing. I think Ryan Shazier had something where he couldn't grow hair after the age of seventeen or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was something. Something I think he had something going on where he couldn't grow. He couldn't grow hair. What is it called? It's, it's, alopecia. 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 Yeah, I think, yeah. Alopecia. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Hans Ward, he can grow hair, but he had did a little uh, a little treatment thing that they had where mm-hmm. he had it to where he can't grow. He won't. He don't. He won't. He won't grow no more facial hair. So. Oh wow. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll be I'll be honest with you when you know, when you go to the gym, you don't want to have any hair on your body. So you have to shave your body and it, it's horrible. It's it, it's the 
to keep up with that when you're doing it yeah. all the way when you're 17, 18 years old, all the way to yeah. your 40. And, and as you get older, you just get hairier and hairier and hairier. So, yeah. So, yeah. Trust me, I know. I know. I, 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 you know, we got all kind of little things that we can do, right. you know, especially, you know, keep, you know, you got to be shaved. But women go through it all the time, but they do a wax. So it's a little different. But yeah. <laughs> Brazilian wax. You know, I always wanted to go to a Brazilian wax shop and and actually go sit with, you know, my girl and just watch her get her Brazilian wax and see how, because they always say, they always say, you know, why don't you go to what, you know, and get, you know, get your thing waxed or, you know, get your butt waxed. I'm like, yeah, why don't you go and do it? Right. I I don't want no pain like that. The the women, the women used to it. So like my wife, when she go, I asked her, I was like, does it hurt? She said, not anymore used to, but now it's like cakewalk. <laughs> if I go there right now and just to just to get you know, that hurt. And I don't I don't even want to deal with it, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, as everybody knows, we're talking to former NFL and CFL wide receiver and kick returner, Stefan uh Logan. Stefan Logan. So mm-hmm. Mr. Logan, uh we haven't spoke to you in two years. Uh, at the time uh you were coaching football. Uh, obviously, uh, you didn't take care of your wife. Uh, going going into this year's football season and, and and watching all the things that have happened, not only when you, when you talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way they play defense, but uh, Ben Roethlisberger retires and uh, Tom Brady retires and comes back now for another season. And and you talk about Buffalo. Buffalo was one of the worst teams in the NFL for like. 15 years, and now all of a sudden they're one of the best teams in the AFC. What were your thoughts going into last season and, and, and how everything transitioned into Super Bowl champions, the L.A. Rams? Um, I, knew, I knew the Rams was going to give everybody a challenge when they, when they you know, Aaron Donald and then, then Matthew Stafford came over there. I think when, when I spoke, uh, so I was talking to somebody else that was in Detroit, and I talked to him about Matthew Stafford. I said he needed a change. He needed to go somewhere else. For a, a, a whole new culture, just 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 different locker room, different people, and and as you can see, what happened, he won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a I'm not a I don't I don't like Boston. I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm a Tom Brady fan. I like Tom Brady. I like winners, and Tom Brady is a winner. And and watching last year unfold was kind of difficult because me and my me and my my best friends we talk on the phone every day. We should have a podcast. We talk every day. We, we talk sports. We talk about life. We talk about everything. And I told them, I said, this year, well, last year, we're not going to know who the Super Bowl team is. We're we, we not going to know. It's going to be a surprise. And I was pulling for Tom, of course. And I said, the Rams has a really strong shot because of the depth they had. And then when they went and got Von Miller, I knew it was over after that. And as you can see, you know, they won the Super Bowl. When I watched Pittsburgh, I said, when I was watching him, I said, "This Ben need to retire after this year. He just, you know, he just wasn't the same. Offensive line wasn't as strong as they needed to. Uh, Najee getting beat up in the backfield. You know, he he averaged a thousand yards this year, but that thousand yards was painful. You know, he was getting, you know, twenty and thirty carries. He was averaging like two point three yards a carry. It wasn't it wasn't as beautiful as we wanted it to be. But he got a thousand yards. That's what every goal for a running back is for the season. But I didn't really, I didn't really think, you know, they didn't play terrible, but he didn't play great either. But it was crazy last year, man, to watch the football games and not know what we're going to get out of it. The Bills, they surprised everybody. They've been terrible for a decade. <laughs> and all of a sudden now, 
like you said, they the top team, and, and I actually like Buffalo because I like I like Josh Allen, and I like I like what they got going on over there. So you actually got to play with Matthew Stafford when he was a young player for uh, three of his first yeah. four years of his career. So what was the best story of Matthew Stafford in your time in Detroit? Oh, to be honest with you, I don't really have a whole lot of stories about Matthew. You know, he was quiet. Oh, yeah, you got drafted. 2009? Yeah. The- yeah, year before I got there, because I came out in 2007. I don't really have no stories of Matthew. He was, he was just quiet. He didn't really say much. He just, you know, played came in, did his job, and kind of went home. He didn't, you know, we didn't really, like, we spoke and we, you know, stuff like that. But we, we didn't, we, I ain't got no stories with Matthew. I got stories with everybody, but that's funny you ask me that. But I don't I don't have no stories with, with Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> As everybody knows, we are talking to former NFL and CFL wide receiver and kick returner, Stefan Logan. So uh, when, when you look at this offseason, and, and there's so many things that happen, I mean, the AFC became more powerful. The NFC, which has been dominant over the last, I would say, decade. It, it's been unbelievable when we talk about the, the NFC East, which has been dominant over the years, not because of the Cowboys, by the way, <laughs> but the Giants right, right. In, in 2007 and 2011 and, and Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin. And then you have, obviously, uh, well, the commanders haven't been really that good, and, no. you know, but uh, but then you go to the Saints with Drew Brees and Tom Brady in Tampa, and then uh, the Green Bay Packers with uh, obviously um, their superstar Aaron Aaron Rodgers, and then you go to Seattle the way Russell Wilson was there, and San Francisco with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and all those other the, all those other top teams. When you see the transition of what's happened this offseason, and now the dominance of what, the quarterbacks that have tra- you know picked up and decided to go over to the AFC. What are your thoughts that you have seen of the dominance from what the NFC was and now the dominance going into this year where it could really transition to the AFC? Well, I think like with the game, it, it always it's kind of like like it's like like they say ebb and flows. It goes up and down. You know, like they say when you when you at the top, you're going to come to the bottom and go back to the top. When you look at. Uh, the San Francisco's of the world, and you look at the Buffalo Bills of the world, San Francisco was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you know, they went down. They dipped a couple of years, yep. Right. And then you look at Buffalo, it was really, really bad. And now they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. So when you look at some of these teams, it's like, it's about time. You know, that's what I say. Like, like uh, I'm not a Dolphin fan, but I cheer for the Dolphins because I'm from Miami. I'm born and raised in Miami. But it's about time for the Miami Dolphins to show us something. Like, we we tired of spending this money going to these games. The best thing about it would be the tailgate. Tailgate, you know, because Miami is just a beautiful city. We got the weather. We got everything going on. But um, when I was watching last year, man, it was like when I was watching the games, it was more of a surprise for me. Like, it was like, okay, if you was a betting man, you didn't know. Like, this say three years ago, you knew if you was betting with – uh, the Patriots when they had Tom Brady going against, you know, Green Bay. Right. You was going with the Patriots. Right. But now you the switch over, you go to Green Bay when they had Aaron Rodgers would have Aaron Rodgers and had Devontae Adams and then they playing against Buffalo now, you like, um Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know who to pick. And now it's really worse for Aaron Rodgers because now you, Devontae Adams is gone. Mm-hmm. You got two running backs, but you still got Aaron Rodgers. Y'all got to get a whole new receiving core, which they'll figure that part out. Right. But then you look at you look at the Buffalo Bills, and you're like, whoa, they're a Super Bowl contender team. 
you're looking at the Rams. All the money they spent on their team, it's time for them. But do I think they're going back to the Super Bowl again? Mm, I doubt it. Mm. I really, I really, because now when you got a team like that, everybody hungry, but now it's going to be about this. Everybody going to want to get paid. Everybody want to be the highest paid player in their position. You know, Jalen Ramsey, he probably going to come at him, hey, I want to be the highest paid DB. You know, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, which he's, you know, Von Miller's gone. They added Bobby so, Wagner. They added Bobby Wagner this offseason. They, they did. They yeah. did add, add Bobby Wagner. Yes. So I don't think they fell off too much. I think they're still going to be a, a, a playoff contingent, contingent team. Mm-hmm. But I don't really, I don't see them going to the Super Bowl again. I really don't. Mm. But there's going to be a couple of sleepers out there. Like the Saints, I don't even see them making the playoffs this year because they, mm-hmm. their team is, is, is so much up in the air and it's, it's in shambles right now. You're trying to rebuild. You know, who who I think is going to be a sleeper because I do like I did like him when I watched him when he played at Alabama was uh 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 the dude Matt Jones. Matt, I really wow. think I just really think he's a great a good quarterback. Like some people don't I ain't gonna say some people. I'm gonna say my best friend, Mr. King Hall. He's a <laughs> he's a he's a he's a Tua fan. Mm-hmm. He loves Tua. Tua's left handed, and my boy played quarterback, and he was left handed. You can't tell. Us nothing wrong about Tua. That's just that's just what it is. But I like Matt Jones for as a quarterback, and 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 I want to see him Succeed. do well. Yeah. But it's gonna it's gonna like Tennessee. Tennessee is a good football team, but they fell below, and it's like uh, Derrick Henry got hurt. It's like oh man. So it's and AJ, we're seeing it. and AJ Brown went to the Eagles. So and I was like, AJ Brown went to the Eagles. So when you when you when you and then just look at San Francisco. Debo Samuels, he don't want to be there no more. Yep. I say this. Debo Samuels knows something that we don't know. Something about Guapolo. Guapolo is a decent quarterback. But it's something about San Francisco with that offense or that team that Debo Samuels know. Why would you want to get up out of there so bad? Y'all have a quarterback. Y'all have two. Mm-hmm. Y'all have a nice, y'all got a solid defense. And you trying to leave and y'all just was in the playoffs? Right. Y'all just in the Super Bowl. Couple years ago, yeah. But, but 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 why are you trying to leave so bad? Yeah, up seventeen to seven at the end of the third quarter of the NFC Championship <laughs> game. Right, right, right. So I, I don't know. I, I always say like when, when when stuff like that going on, it's something it's something bigger than what we know. Yeah, and they they know in the locker room because I do know when you're in the locker room, maybe stuff going on that we know nothing about, but it's something that he knows. That he's like, I got to get the hell out of Dodge. I want to get up out of here. <laughs> so, mentioning a lot of the teams you mentioned and the players, player power, we kind of see it in the NBA a lot. Stars want to play with other stars and team up together. But now you're kind of seeing that in the NFL, too, where these quarterbacks and now the receivers are kind of yeah, forcing yeah. themselves out. So, do you think this will become a new norm in the NFL? That's a good question because was, we was just talking about that a couple of months ago. And we saw the same thing, you know. You got the tools getting the Alabama players. You got uh, uh, your boy from your boy from the Eagles. He got his receiver, and you know it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of it seems like the, the the new norm now. What they doing? They trying to get there, you know. And it's mostly happening on offense. It's not happening on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, the quarterbacks trying to get their receivers, somebody that they play with. They know all they got to do is learn the playbook, and y'all can go. Um, it's going to be interesting to see because I'm not sure. I, I'll say this. If I see another team do it, then I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a copycat league as is. So if, if I see another team do that 
or the star quarterback, and they go get a star receiver from a, from from a college that they play with, or from another team. Because you look at the Raiders, Derek Carr played with Devontae Adams, so it's like, oh yeah. So, I, but I really I I like Devontae Adams, but I don't think that he's going to do as well. With the Raiders, I really, I don't. Well, that's because I think Aaron Rodgers makes everybody around him better. And, and I think if there's anybody that's going to take $50 million and, and take his team to the playoffs, it's Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter who he's throwing to. We've seen him right. go to crappy wide receivers year in and year out. And, and for some reason, uh, these guys turn into guys that are getting seven, 800 yards, and they go other places. Jordy Nelson, he played for you know Green Bay all those years. He goes over there to Oakland. And he, he he really threw up duds for two or three years. He was done. So hey, vanish. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's happens. That's what happens when you have a great goalie, like a uh, great goalie, <laughs> a great quarterback like Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and even Josh Allen. He's transitioning into that type of player. Patrick yeah. Mahomes. I mean, mm-hmm. Tyree Kill went to Miami. We'll see what he does over there with Tua. Because I think I'm sorry, the worst quarterback in that division now is Tua. Until proven, <laughs> proven. Hey, don't let my friend hear you say that. He'll get mad. He'll get your your mad. friend might not want to hear the show. We also have a caller that bashes two all the time, yeah. too. Calls him Hawaiian Tebow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hawaiian you know, it's so funny the way the league is transitioning now to, you know, the players are all about the bag now, as you want to call it. All about the money. Of course. It's, 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 it ain't about the stats no more. It's not about the accolades. It's not about none of that. It's all about who is the highest paid, who is the second highest paid. And I under, I get it, though, because the way the league is going and the way the players are being treated and stuff like that, they like, look, if you want to pay me $19, $20 million a year as a receiver, I don't care. We could lose every game. But as long as I get my money, that's, that's kind of like how it's going now. Nobody care about whether we go to the playoffs, whether we go to the Super Bowl, whether I get, you know, this endorsement deal or whatever the case may be, it's all about the money. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, coming out of college, these guys with the NIL, now guys are getting paid, you know, how hungry is these guys going to be when they get to, when they get to the NFL when you're already getting paid in college? You're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in college. When I get to the NFL, I'm good. If I don't, if I, don't if I get cut, that's fine. I just made 500000 I'm straight. Mm. You know, I... Trying to stay on subject, but you know that's no, you're, crazy. You're absolutely. Don't tell right. Nick Saban he'll claim that Texas A&M bought the whole team. Oh God, please! Hey, hey I, I was on Google. I was on YouTube the other night for about two hours. I'm sure listening you were listening to Nick Saban, <laughs> listening to Dion, listening to uh, uh, Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher. Fisher yep. Dion um, and I was listening to some of the other 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 reporters was 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 leaving their their opinions and stuff like that, which is which is really good because. You know that's that's that's. I, I, that's I like... honestly, and we're we're talking to former NFL and CFL wide receiver and, and kick returner Stefan Logan. I, honestly, I I have thought that uh, college players should be getting paid for years, and and the reason why, if they're if you're making money off of jersey sales, you're making money off my name, and I'm only going to stay in college for two years, and once I I'm available to go into the NFL draft. I'm not even going to finish my college education. I'm not going to be able to finish it. So what did I get out of it? You're making millions and millions of dollars off these ball games, and I'm getting nothing for it, okay? Yeah. And you're making money off of my name. So I, I thought with the NCAA 
actually letting this and, and, and actually allowing this to happen should have happened 10 years ago. Players like you that were in college that obviously might be coming from a, a poor family or a poor side of Michigan or from Florida where you, 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 lived, you, you lived in, you know, your roots had nothing. You, you barely could eat three meals a day. And these kids are trying to, to make their family money, to try to get their families out of that situation that they've been in for 10, 15, 20 years. I think these players should have had the opportunity. And these players, and now all these um, these programs are getting, uh, over the years, uh, these players are, you know, th- these coaches are getting sued and these coaches are losing their jobs because they were trying to help these players to bring these players to play for their organization and their teams because they were working to try to support their families. Now that you put it that way, yeah, I, I get exactly what you're saying. I never, I never thought about it like that. You know, not that, you know, yeah. the way you, the way you put it in perspective, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you got guys that don't even play four years; they just play two years and they come out. And I, but I do think if they gonna do that, I think they should have like a cap on it, like because you want to, you know, when guys make right. it from college to get to NFL. They're at the highest level, you want them to stay hungry. Because as you can see with this generation, with this era, I'm gonna say generation, with this era, they not hungry like that no more. You know, back in the days, you know, me and you the same age, when you you had guys back in the in the in the in the nineties, all they was playing with I ain't gonna even go back, I ain't going back to the sixties and seventies. <laughs> that just told, that was just that was just a game. That wasn't even football. That was just <laughs> that was I don't know what that was. <laughs> when you look at when you look at the the nineties, I'm talking about that's that was a physical game. Mm. You look at now, a guy go out there and jam his finger, he he got to sit out for three four weeks. You know, guy hurt his shoulder, he got to go in the locker room. He done for the rest of the game, man. Back then, man, they'll, man, shoot that thing up and get on back out there. They keep on going, but it's different. It's all about. I guess you want to say you want to say longevity, or you want to keep the stars on the field. You want to keep them healthy, right. playing at a hundred percent. I get it, but I think they should have a cap on it, as far as what a player can make. And 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 because I I agree, I agree with you. I feel like they should get some money because some people go through these. You know, they live in poverty, and mm-hmm. they 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 you know some of them living in rich areas right. and stuff like that. So I kind of I kind of get what you're saying. And you want guys to get paid. You want them to have some type of success in college off of my name. And uh, but I do think they should put a cap. I mean, on look it what look what happened with DeAndre Ayton. If you remember what happened in Arizona, his parents took a hundred. I mean, he, him and his family took a hundred thousand dollars. And the, it, it, obviously, there was an investigation. The FBI was investigating. The FBI do, doesn't the FBI have something else better to do than to attack a family that's trying to get trying to get themselves out of poverty in the situation that they've been over the over the twenty years. Their son goes and plays basketball. Their son obviously has the opportunity to get them out of that. And because a coach gave them a hundred thousand dollars, oh, you know what? The FBI is getting involved. You're getting sustained. You're getting suspended. You're getting you're getting tortured. You're getting tortured. Everybody's getting tortured because I was on the phone trying to negotiate a deal so this kid can actually come to my school and play on my um, on my team. Mm, I I didn't hear about that one, but oh yeah, Sean Miller, twenty eighteen. Yep. Yeah. 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 
Dang. Go check it up, man. I can give you some I time, mean, man. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't do this under the table? Uh, What's going on? Who, who broadcast Well, they did until they, they got caught right the at the end of the season. <laughs> See, what's, what's messed up right now with the FBI, and, and, and now obviously they can't do it anymore. At the time, the FBI was trying to find some kind of story because obviously uh, people are betting on sports. Obviously what we saw with the Evander Kane situation we were talking about in the beginning, he had a $160, $170 million contract or something like that with the St. Louis uh, – uh, not St. Louis, San Sharks, Jose yeah. Sharks. And because he was betting on, they in his contract, you know, obviously, and it's crazy how this would be in a contract. Out of all the things that could be in a contract, if you bet on sports, you can obviously, you can obviously spend the guy and he can lose the contract that he got. He got suspended from hockey, and then I, it took him almost – uh, almost a full season for a team to take on and, and give him like 500000 or a million dollars to come and play on a team, which Edmonton, and now he's becoming a superstar player again in the playoffs. But why I'm saying this is I understand why you're trying to keep betting, and, and now betting's becoming legalized. What are they going to do now? I mean, what happens when all 50, what, it's 52 states or 53 states are, are you're, you're going to be able to bet and actually go out there. How about this? The marijuana charges. How many guys have been suspended from the NFL smoking marijuana? Meanwhile, you have coaches popping Vicodins and Percocets and only getting suspended for four games. And whatever the hell Jim Mercy does. Or, or owners doing the same thing. You know what I mean? And But the players, because they're smoking marijuana and he's been caught three, four, five times, he's suspended for two years. He can't play in the NFL for two years. Meanwhile. Josh Gordon. Yeah, everybody, he knows what I'm talking about. He knows yep. what I'm talking about. It, it, to me, it, to, to hold something away from the league and what the league has brought, these players, these players are beating up their bodies. They're putting their bodies at risk just to – to 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 um, uh, what's the word? Um, live out their dream. Live and out make, their ma- dream. Make the money they and want. Make, and make these owners and make these owners millions and millions and billions of dollars. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. fans to have something to cheer for. And these guys not going to be able to walk after ten years. Mm-hmm. They're going right. to have brain trauma for the rest of their lives. We've talked to so many ex NFL oh, yeah. players that have CTE problems. That have problems yep. that, and by the way, the NFL didn't protect them on that either. Gave them a hundred right. million dollars, which, by the way, Roger Goodell could go sit on it. Okay, I, right. I, if he was, I'm, a, not a, I'm not a fan of Roger Goodell. Yeah, no, nobody should be because of what he yeah. has done to the league and what he has done to some of these players is despicable. It really is despicable. I would never work for the NFL. I would never be an analyst for the NFL because of who Roger Goodell is and what Roger Goodell has done. To different players, different even some of these some of these coaches that have protect their players that are trying to protect their players can't really say anything because they're under the emblem of the NFL. They're under yeah. their team emblem. Look what happened uh, with uh, racism when it comes to uh, black African American coaches that happened mm-hmm. just this year. I mean, right. it's just it's despicable, and everybody like tries to brush it under the rug, brush it under the rug. Nobody's talking about it anymore, even though it's right. still going right. on. So I think with, with college players, with with all these different rules and setting rules, there has to be, like you said, there has to be something that is put in the books where it makes sense. But there should be no reason why these players shouldn't be making money. It doesn't matter how old you are. They should be making – now you have high school players <laughs> negotiating deals before they're even seniors mm-hmm. before wow. they go and play college ball. So they already wow. know that they're going to have sneaker deals worth about 4 or $5 million before they even step on a college field. 
that that's see, that's unheard of. It don't make no sense. No. But if you got a guy that young trying to control that kind of money, that's what we go wrong at. Mm-hmm. Because you, as you can see now, with with when these guys get his money, look at somebody off topic real quick. Go ahead, man. Yeah, but go. The same thing. When you look at look look at some of these rappers, mm-hmm. these young these young rappers, mm-hmm. they get this money. They you know twenty twenty one and look look. You know, when you look at them on social media, I'm talking about they got the pants sagging, they got about 40 rings on, got about 5, 10, 15 chains on, they buying all these cars, and you like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But they're young. They don't, they don't know no better. They know what they see on social media. They, they they watching, you know, some of the other celebrities. You know what I'm saying? But you're looking at, if you're watching... You know, like the P Diddy's and the and the and the Drakes and all of them. That they're not doing that. They like, oh man, they they living life. Mm-hmm. When you look at some of these young kids that's twenty one, twenty two, they're like, oh, I got this money. I'm gonna go buy this Lambo. I'm gonna go get this chain. I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna get this choker. Hold on about Drake. I, I Drake was. They, he just spent like freaking five hundred thousand dollars on baseball cards, and he's opening up the boxes. Open up the boxes. But you know boxes. they. But 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 his but in his in his defense, they gotta spend that money somewhere because. The man gonna take it anyway. So they gotta spend that money somewhere. They have it for a tax write. You know all that stuff. When they be doing stuff like that, be tax write offs. Man, they, they, Uncle Sam gonna take it. So they like, okay, you know what? Let me spend this. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it back anyway. But let me spend this money. But with everything going on right now, you got high school players that's trying to make money. College players trying to make money. They get to the NFL. I just want them to stay home because they are gonna get paid regardless. All they gotta do is be consistent and keep working. And that's what I like about. You know, with everything going on, I just want long as long as they have some good football. I don't care how much y'all getting paid. Just show us some good football on Sundays and Saturdays. That's all. <laughs> College football on Saturdays, NFL on Sunday. Just give us some good football. I don't care if you're making two hundred thousand. I don't care if you're making ten million. Just give us some good football. I give you. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. So I know you didn't have one on Matthew Stafford, but any any teammate stories from either Detroit or Pittsburgh, or even in one of your CFL teams that stood out to you? What was it and why? What what, what kind of story you? What kind of story you want? A funny one. I got, funny I got, one. I got stories. Now. I had to. I did. See, again, when you get quarterback different, they you know they quiet. They just come in, do their little work. You know, stand over in the corner, do their little. You know, look at the playbook thirty thousand times. They going. They going. They going to be the first one in the in the in the, in the meetings. And they ain't really got no stories. But if you go like some of the DBs and wide receivers and all that kind of D line and all that, yeah, then you have stories. Any, any anybody, the best one, the best one you have. Um, man, I got so many, so many. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, far as nothing that's nothing that's too provocative or anything like that. Nothing and something that's not real sexual. You know, trying to get one that's funny. Um. I give you, I okay, I give I give this one right here's a fun this is a funny little story right here because I can talk about knocking over. Um we was uh, I was I was in Detroit and uh, Willie Young was my, my my roommate on the road and we was in the room well I was in the room. Willie used to come in and he'd be like, Hey, I'm leaving. I'd be like, All right. So when he leave, he would take the bed and make it up as he was laying in it. And you know, the pillows that be on the chair be be brown. So he would take the pillow and put it at the tip of the, the front of the head of the bed, and he'd lean it up a little bit, and it's, it's brown. So when the coach look in, it'll look like I'm laying in my bed, like he laying in his, in his bed. And Willie was Willie Young. He was tall, so like 
he had to he had to you know spread it out. So one time he didn't come to the room. He was like, "Step, I'm not coming to the room. So I need you to do my bed." I was like, "All right." And it's almost curfew. So I'm laying down. And I was like, "Dude, you got like five minutes." So I run to the bed. I gotta ruffle it up real quick. Lift the sheets all up. Stick pillows all under the bed so it look like somebody laying there. And then I take the pillow. Stick it at the top of the bed, and it looked like it looked like his head was 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 right there. So coaches look in and be like, "Hey," and I was like, "Hey," and he just closed the door. And I said, "Dude, you gonna get us in trouble doing that?" But that was that that was his little thing. That was that was that was a funny little thing he used to do. That was that one was pretty good. You know, we used to have the bed all made up. So when he when he wasn't even there, I already had a bed made up anyway. Before he even come to the room, I got it made up. I was like, "Dude, you ain't gotta come to the room. It's already made up. Are you good?" Oh, you're not one of those troublemakers, Stefan. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I I kept my nose clean when I was playing, man. It was, mine was a little different. I was I was I wasn't under contract. I was I was you know every year you know I'm I'm, I'm fighting for a job every year, so I always try to keep my nose clean when I was in there. I got you. We are talking to <laughs> former NFL CFL wide receiver and kick returner Stefan Logan. So uh, before we let you go, I I, I you know you, you, first of all. We really appreciate you giving us the time, as always. Uh, we man, I appreciate you having me on. It was, I know it was a little, it was a little hard to get on because I, man, I was, oh man, I mean, it's been so hard these past, this past month and a half. It's been really tough. I give you, know, you I give you more credit with my wife. I give you more credit than you even know. I, I, I could only imagine what you're going through, and and tell her that our heart goes out to her and to keep fighting. And you know what, uh, God has, you know, has a plan for everybody. So I believe I always yes, believe it. Absolutely. So I, you know, my, my heart goes out to you, your family, your wife, and uh, tell her to keep, you know, keep fighting. You know, because mm-hmm. th- that's what we, that's what anybody, that's all you could do. You know, is, right. is to fight. Right. And, and you know, you have, and, and she knows she has something to fight for, knowing that she has yep. a man that is a hundred percent behind her. So I, mm-hmm. I, I give you a hundred percent credit, Stefan. But thank you um, very much. Uh, to finish up, what were your thoughts in this year's draft? I mean, uh, obviously, y- you saw what the Jets did in the first round, uh, getting the three first-round draft picks that they did with uh, Johnson and, and Sauce Gardner, which everybody could say says that he could be a game-changing type of corner. And, and what I've heard so far in OTAs, uh, the guy is, you know, he's stopping everybody. No, not even Corey Davis, who's a veteran, can can actually catch the ball uh, during practices right now. And then, obviously, Garrett Wilson. Uh, what were, what really stood out to you in this year's draft? You were drafted. You've been there before. What is it like to do that whole combine thing, and then obviously step on that that opera, you know, step on that stage and and hold that jersey proud, and and obviously being having your name called. Well, those guys, they're, they're them first round picks. So I didn't get that far. I wish I did. You know, just be standing up there with that jersey, knowing I'm going to go to this team on a first round pick. I know I'm going to get about between eighteen to twenty some million dollars without even stepping on this field. That's got to be the best feeling in the world. <laughs> but um, when I watched, when I watched, I didn't. To be honest with you, the, I only I only watched the first day. Right. I only watched the first round first picks. Round, yeah. And I know they was going back and forth. They was going back and forth with some of these draft picks. I was really, really waiting to see where the D lineman for um, uh, Alabama. No, no, Georgia. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, what his name was? Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Yes, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Man, that dude. That dude was a beast. And I, 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 to be honest with you, I only watched it to see where he was going. Right. Him, 
in the DN for Michigan State. Hmm. I mean, Michigan, Michigan, not Michigan State, Michigan, mm-hmm. the DN. And uh, which he went to Detroit. Hutchinson, I think yes. he stayed home. Detroit, yep. Yeah. And um, that was pretty much it because the, the receiver for Alabama was Williams. He had got hurt, mm-hmm. so I didn't really know, you know, what was going to happen with him. Detroit traded but, up for him. <laughs> very oh. active, your Lions. Yes. Your yeah, Lions yeah. are very active. So. It was it was it was more of a I was just kinda like wanting to see where certain players was gonna go mm-hmm. when it was gonna land. You know, some of the other guys, you know, I was kinda like, all right, you know, let you know, they did good in college, they was good. So it was kinda like it was kinda to me it was kinda I was just kinda like just watching. I wasn't really focused like that besides on those two guys. I wanted to see where they was gonna go because I just thought they were some real standout guys, you know, besides that receiver and that quarterback from Pitt. Right. That went to Pittsburgh. Right. So I was, I was, I was a couple of guys. By the way, I was, was one of very, I was one of very few people that predicted him to go to Pittsburgh. So, <laughs> you know what? I knew when I when I when I started watching the, the combine and they started projecting what guys were going to go. I, I always look at the style of player you have for just say ten years. Mm-hmm. You going to try to implement that same player? You you trying to find that same guy? He's just like Ben. He broke all the damn Marino records at Pitt. He's six, what, six five, six six, whatever, two hundred and some pounds. Got a big arm, strong, tall. Can see over the offensive line. That's just like Ben. So you 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 want to bring in the same the same style of quarterback that you used to instead of trying to go and get the uh what's the black kid that 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 the the quarterback that they were so hyped on Willis Willis mm-hmm. Willis. Mm-hmm. He's not a he's not a he's not a He's not your Pittsburgh fit, mm-hmm. you know. He's more of a of a of a of a, uh, a Seattle Seahawks fit because mm-hmm. you had Russell Wilson that was a little bit shorter. He's not. He's mobile, but he's looking to pass instead of run. But he was like that. But you know, I went when I watched when I watched some of his stats and watched he threw a lot of interceptions in big games. Right. So that was, that was kind of like the downfall with him. Like, dude, you you good, but he, in the big games he threw a lot of picks. But that's stuff that you can fix. So I didn't really. That first day, I was just kind of, like I said, I was just kind of looking just to see what guys were going so I know what teams I need to look for, what teams was making some good moves, what teams I felt like was just like, why'd you get him? Y'all don't need that. Why would you get that? So that's kind of like how I was with the draft. You know, I'm not really a, a big draft guy. I don't really care for it too much right. because I always feel like I got to see what you're going to do in the big stage now, I ain't gonna say when the lights on, cause some of y'all playing at these universities that y'all got more, y'all got more fans of the games than NFL teams. Right. So you know now, what you're in the big stage at the, the 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 top of your career playing at the NFL level. Now let's see what you gonna do, cause some people you got some of them diamond in the rough that go sixth and seventh round, and you got to do that one second or third round. He's not as good, but he got passed over because of school size. You know, issues, stuff like that. So I, I kind of wait till the season starts. The draft, I don't really pay too much attention about. Well, we really appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll definitely get you on a lot sooner than two years. I when Speedy, <laughs> when I told Speedy to reach out to some new guests and old guests, he he told me we were going to get you on today, and I was like, Yeah, we haven't spoken to him in two years almost. Yeah, like, I think it was the first yeah. week we did all the videos, yeah. video yeah. interviews. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, you know, I really appreciate everything, and I, 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 like I said, we're behind you and your wife. Keep, uh, you know, doing what you're doing, man, because uh, there are very few good people in this world. And yep. uh, you know, when when you love somebody and you care about somebody, 
you support them to to the end, and I, I really to respect the end. it. Yeah. To Wish the your end. wife all the best, man. I thank you very much, man. I appreciate y'all having me on. Absolutely. May y'all have a good night. Hey, but get me on before two years, like you said. No, we won't. We won't oh, yeah. forget you. We won't man. forget this time. <laughs> no, and by the way, tell the fans how they can find you on social media, man. If y'all want to find me, of course, y'all can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Stefan Logan underscore zero. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's just Stefan Logan. Uh, on my Instagram now, I don't really have a whole lot of football clips on there now. I'm a, mine's all about fitness, so I, I cycle in fitness. Uh, I'm in the gym. I always, you know, I always say, you know, fitness is kind of like the key to kind of keeping things right. So once my wife get 100%, she's going to be back in the gym with me. We're going to start slow. We're going to start small. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you can find me. On, I don't do Twitter, so I don't even worry about that. But Instagram, Logan underscore zero. And on Facebook, it's just stuff all Logan. You can find me. You would know it's me, trust me, because I'm always making videos. Either I'm on a, on a, if you see me on a bicycle, that's my page. You know what you so, got to do? You got to go hang out with Eric Coleman. That's what you got to do on this guy. You know what? I was supposed to, um, me and him was supposed to work out. Uh, we, we, you know, we play together in Detroit. Right. And we'll talk, we'll talk through text messages and we'll talk on Instagram and stuff like that. And we were supposed to link up and work out and all that other stuff. Because he... He has a house down here that's not far from me. Right. So, matter of fact, I need to reach out to him and we'll link up, man, and put a little video together. You know, that'd be cool. He's he's like he's doing big things over here. He was on our show. We did a show together with him. Yeah. And um, you know, after that, he's now has his own show, betting show on MSG. And he's like his little smile and his profiling. I mean, that guy is. He is yeah. a funny SOB, let me tell you. Yeah, he is funny. He is funny. He is funny. He, he is, is funny. Definitely. But he doesn't know anything about basketball, so you could tell him I said that. I'd be sure to tell him, see if he, I'm, I'm going to ask him who's in the playoffs right now. Let me see if he knows anything. <laughs> well, he's the one who said that he thought James Harden's a better player than Allen Iverson. I thought he was on drugs, but that's just me. Oh, no, I couldn't say nothing. I couldn't say no such thing. <laughs> No, absolutely not. <laughs> You'll have to sway him. Maybe you're the only hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely not. Anyways, thank you, Stefan. Hey, man, y'all have a good night, man. I appreciate you having me on. As everybody knows, we were talking to former NFL, CFL wide receiver and kick returner, Stefan Logan. And he, he's a fantastic guy, as you heard. Uh, we haven't had him on for a while, but his personality, obviously, you see the type of person he is and what he has been through over the last uh, you know, few months and, and really his career because he, he told you you know, his thoughts of what has, you know, what the transition of what college sports has been and now what it's turned into and even what the NFL has turned into with some of the players. And a matter of fact, uh, when we come back, we'll be talking to Wisconsin freshman quarterback Al Ashford here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, this is the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co-host, Speedy Petey. 631-672-3108 is the number to call. And as Jeff did earlier, just pissing us off, why not call our show and piss us off even more? Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app on iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Shout out 
uh, to former NFL and CFL wide receiver, kick returner Stefan Logan, who fantastic, uh, really interviewing. Great, great guy. Really good personality. Uh, he, you know, he really pushes me and strives me to do what I do and, 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 and my love and my compassion for what I do to see what his love and his compassion to his wife to quit coaching football to take care of his wife is it's just a, it's unbelievable and, and 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 definitely somebody that I absolutely respect. But now we have our second guest. We haven't spoke to him for a while. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, no regular, no college season because of injury. But I'm sure he's looking forward to this coming season. We are now talking to Wisconsin freshman cornerback Al Ashford. Al, what's going on, bud? What's going on? How y'all doing? We're good, man. We haven't heard from you in a while. I, I mean, I check you out on Instagram, man. I see that you're training, getting back into shape, and getting ready for the college season. How you been? How's the family going? And uh, are you looking forward to the season? Oh, yes, sir. Definitely looking forward to the season. Um, family's great, man. Shoot, all the little siblings running track, you know, having fun, being kids. And uh, shoot, just blessed to be, you know, healed up, healthy, ready to go get it, man. What happened to you? I mean, obviously – uh, the fans don't know. Uh, what did you do? You hurt your leg, hurt your knee. What What happened? Uh, I actually tore up my shoulder. Had to get a uh, surgery on that. Um, tore some ligaments in there. Um, they put some pins and needles in there. Oh, p- man, fixed already. me up good. Um, but yeah, shoot, it ended up uh, end up uh, just cutting me off for a year. You know, it ended up being a eight to eight to ten month recovery mm. fully. And um, yeah, now we back at it. Trust me, I know. Last year I had neck surgery. Had a disc replacement and then hip surgery. I had a, a labrum tear that was fixed. So I was uh, out of commission for like seven, eight months back and forth. So I absolutely understand uh, how you feel. Uh, as everybody knows, we are talking to Wisconsin freshman cornerback Al Ashford, friend of the show. Uh, I remember we were talking about him when he uh, obviously chose Wisconsin. And obviously uh, going into this season and now uh, you're, you're a freshman, what what are your thoughts to this team? Where do you see this team this year, this coming season, now that you're in this lineup? Man, I like us. In in every matchup we got, I like us, man. Um to be honest with you, I just feel like the com- the camaraderie, the chemistry we have is a uh, is a little bit I wouldn't say better than last year, but I can see a lot of guys clicking together more. You know, that second year of guys kind of coming together this group. Um and then also you know, me being gone and getting back into the mix, uh, being able to help us out, you know, wherever I can too. It's just, so it's exciting, man. I like our, I like our matchups. So you're obviously you didn't play because of the injury, but the, your college experience so far in your first year with the football team and also just at Wisconsin, what has been that, what has been, what has that been like so far? I've had a ball, man. I can't even lie to you. Even being her, I've had a ball. Shoot. Um, Wisconsin's a fun campus. It gets, it gets active. Shoot, I love the uh, <laughs> even school, man. Like, I see the craziest stuff every day. It's it's just it's a ball. As everybody knows, we're talking to Wisconsin freshman cornerback Al Ashford. Now we've been talking, and obviously, uh, with everything that's gone on, I understand that you've been very very busy. When when you look at uh, over over the last couple of months with, with all these different kids going into the combine and all, and obviously getting drafted. What are your thoughts of, you know, obviously you're a freshman, you're young, you're still growing as a player. What are your thoughts seeing all these different players grow from, from college football all the way to the NFL? Yeah, um, 
man, having friends that like, you know, are, are big brother types that I've played with, I've, I've trained with seeing them getting drafted to me, man, it's like, it's this close, you know, like I'm, you know, uh, shoot. And then on top of that, like, it makes me think too, especially if I could compete with these guys mm-hmm. that I was in college with, and these guys are now getting drafted. You know, a lot of these NFL guys ain't too ain't too far off. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I ain't there yet, but you know that's the goal and everything. So it it uh it excites me, man, and and it's a blessing for those guys. You know, just to uh, have the opportunity to change their families' lives forever. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh a lot of them guys. You know, I I had a buddy Fayon. He just signed a four year deal for three mil as a rookie. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's, that's nice, man. For for that's a good nice. for a good minute, you know, yeah. financially yes. and it's uh even legacy. You know, that's the huge thing with me. So um. You know, it's, it's exciting, man, for sure. So speaking of money, the other big thing that's been happening is these NIL rules really going forward with college athletes that are getting these endorsement-type deals. So uh, what are your thoughts on the progression of what that could be? And have you gotten any uh, sponsorship opportunities so far? Yeah, um, I've got a couple. Uh, pretty small being that, you know, I was hurt my freshman year and everything. And now as a redshirt freshman, you know, this going to be my first year playing. You know, you never know what could happen, but. I say I think it's I think it's amazing, man. Shoot, I just heard about that Texas kid who got the Lamborghini deal. <laughs> you know, stuff like that is crazy, man. Um, shoot, I think it's you know like everybody says, you know, long overdue things like that. But the opportunity to make money off of uh, who you are as a college athlete, I feel like that just you know amplifies the um, the incentive to really want to play and to play good. So I think it, you know it. Not only is it going to make competition better, you know, just because kids can go to these certain schools and get an NIL deal and try to, you know, boost these other schools, it's going to make, uh, you know, guys at their own schools, they don't want to get paid too, you know, so they're going to they gonna ball hard, man. Al, you know, we have a lot of Wisconsin fans uh, that watch this show. And uh, one of them actually keeps, uh, you know, he keeps posting things and he wants me to ask you some question. Okay. How, how's Mertz looking so far? One question. Braylon, Al, uh, Braylon Allen, is he a stud? And is Jim Leonard, is is Jim Leonard uh, your your top defensive? Is he your guy? Is it he's a guy that you look up to as your defensive coordinator? Yeah, I'll start with that one. Um, yeah, Jim Leonard is definitely shoot. He's a big reason I came to Wisconsin. You know, um, obviously having a, a long uh, NFL career and being a dog in college, who was a three time All American. Mm-hmm. You know, you have no choice but to look up to guys like that. And um, and he's really a a teacher of the game you know he's gonna sit you down he's gonna really educate you and that's one of the main reasons too where i've been able to kind of start making the transition to safety so i'm feathering between you know wow. safety and corner i've always been a bigger corner so playing both right now and, and a big reason for that is him some things in my game thought i could help us out in the secondary of different pieces so i love it man I, I trust that dude fully and um as far as braylon allen yeah he's the truth uh, i can't even <laughs> lie to you man Shoot, that guy you know, he came into college like at 17. It was, dude, there was three guys that was 17 when they got to school. Me, him, and this other linebacker named Jake Cheney. Mm-hmm. And um, that dude, man, he he started off, he wasn't high on the depth chart. We didn't even know he was going to play running back. And uh, he fought his way up. You know, guys, you know, had injuries and guys, you know, left the team, things like that. And it, he stepped into his opportunity. He made it pop, man. So, shoot, shout out that dude. You know, that's one of my good friends, too. And he, uh, man, shoot. And what, what can you say about the kids? Should we lift the world? Probably one of the strongest <laughs> kids in college football right now. You know, um, I know y'all seen that video. I don't even know if y'all did. When he was 16. He 
uh, hand clean 405, like what Saquon Barkley did when he was just sitting around the house. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, what can you say these about kids, These kids are built like oxes, man. It's it's unbelievable, man. And I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I just turned 40 and I'm 230 pounds and I, I'm in pretty good shape. And I, I watch some of these kids. I watch some of these kids work out, and I'm actually I'm going to be starting to train some of these young 16, 17-year-old kids before they get into college because their parents came up to me and asked me if uh, I can give them a regimen to, to get them into shape to get them bulkier and stronger and faster. Mm-hmm. And, and I watch some of these kids and some of their training and their habits. It, it's And they, what, the way they eat, too. It's I mean, some of these guys eat like eight, nine times a day just to get yeah. – to put on the be- the meat and 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 the way they work out and they train they they're in the gym twice maybe sometimes three times a day it's it's crazy what these kids are when I was your age I was like you know I I, I when I graduated I was an all American hockey player and I graduated at 125 pounds now you guys there are guys that are graduating you know from high school 230 pounds linebackers Shoot, Braylon, like uh, Braylon got to us at 240 you got guys like that who've just been big it's and ridiculous like, he's lost weight as he's been in school then you got guys like me who got to school I probably got to school at about 170 165 and they're then in good surgery, shape drop, surgery I walked dropped down to 160 now I'm about 187 188. You know, shoot, trying to get to 195 before yeah. the season start. You know, uh, especially at the every- position, especially if you're moving to safety, uh, yeah. if you're going to play strong safety, or you know, to be an elite. And Jim Leonard was a great safety in the NFL. He really was. He played with the Jets, Rex Ryan, uh, Baltimore. I mean, he had a, a really good NFL career. And the guy knows what he's talking about. He, he was he was always at the right place at the right time. If you ever watch his videos and and who Jim Leonard, he wasn't the biggest man. But he was a very aggressive and very smart in the open field. And that's what made Jim Leonard a very special safety. So if there, if Jim Leonard thinks that you can play safety, then you can play safety. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, for that last question, Graham Mertz, I think that Graham's really took a big step in terms of even being a leader. Um, when I got to the team, obviously, you know, him being the quarterback, he was – everybody looks to him to lead, but – I seen from last winter workouts to this winter workouts, and then even past that, this dude, he takes charge. He, you know, he get, he gets on guys when they where they need to be, or he ain't holding up the standard. And um, he's he's making it harder to read read him. Uh, you know, especially playing that free safety spot for me. You know, reading him at the top of his of his drops and stuff, pump faking now. If he can give our DBs some problems in our defense, being that it is the number one defense in the country, some some issues from time to time. I got no doubt that he's going to give anybody else in the country some work. You know? <laughs> so you, you mentioned you were training at safety. What are some of the big differences that you were no, that you noted when you started practicing with Jim Leonard in this defense and maybe some of the things you were surprised at was involved in the position? Um, well, early on, I knew I was a bigger corner, um, especially moving over there. So I was like, it shouldn't be a problem physicality-wise. And that was kind of the big jump. Um, me, I could go – put my hands on any of our receivers and it, you know, they kind of can't really do too much because I'm, you know, I'm a bigger corner, but our tight ends, they like that. They like having contact. So I had to work on like, you know, I, I got to finesse while they being real aggressive and I can't just always match aggression with aggression with some of these bigger guys. And uh, shoot, man, I remember my first, uh, first time coming downhill in the box, I get a big hit. Like come, come smack running back at the line. Right. Right after that, I remember the linemen started being like, all right, like, we see you. Very next time I, they run a pitch, I come downhill. I don't see a right tackle pulling, coming right at me. 
man, I got clinked up on the sideline too. So uh, yeah, being able to really just switch that uh, physicality, I would say too, is just reading uh, quarterbacks. At corner, I'm used to reading receivers. I'm mm -hmm. not really keeping my eyes on the quarterback. To be honest with you, it slows the game down for me. I love it. You know, that's that's kind of what I've been great at in football is being able to understand tendencies and really picking up on formation keys and things like that. And playing corner, you kind of eliminate that. You got to, in our system, you're going to play a lot of man. Really, I'm not focused on what the rest of the guys are doing. But now, this is the most fun I've ever had playing. Learning both sides of the coin in terms of playing DB. As everybody knows, we are talking to Wisconsin freshman cornerback Al Ashford. Al, you know I'm not a Wisconsin fan. I love pissing off a lot of Wisconsin Badger fans out there. So uh, yes, I, I grew up a Florida State fan. But I root for you, and I want you to be successful. I want you to achieve your, your goals. When you look at the NCAA and, and really the transition of these, I guess, conferences, they're moving conferences and uh, they're shifting different conferences, moving conferences together. Do you like the transition of the conference changes that they have made so far in the last year, year and a half? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, I think I read something saying James Madison is, is hopping into the FBS mm -hmm. um, and things like that. And you got... Man, shoot, I remember uh, I took a visit to Air Force. Mm -hmm. They think that they could play with a lot of the big boys. And then they're playing against some schools that were smaller schools and seeing some schools that were maybe not power five that are – so I think it's great, man. Competition is what's going to separate everyone. So, you know, maybe – um, you know, some conferences like I think the Big Ten, SEC, mm -hmm. it might be a little harder to move into depending right. on the squad. But there's definitely some other conferences that you could jump into and I feel like they could they – could, some schools can give some people some problems. Texas has all that money coming straight into the SEC just off the season they lost to Kansas. <laughs> well, don't, talk, don't say that about Texas A&M either with Jimbo Fisher. Le definitely want to hear what your thoughts are with Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban going at one another uh, with all this money coming to the players. I mean, uh, Nick Saban is such a baby. I, I, I swear. That guy cries about everything. The guy's been in how many championship games? How many championships has he won? Texas A&M is a very rich school. He's complaining. At least Texas A&M has players drafted, though, and could win against SEC schools. Texas, meanwhile, loses to Kansas. And how many players did they have drafted in this draft? Zero. Well, the Jets got somebody from Texas A&M. No, no, Texas had no players drafted in this draft. I'm just saying that. No, yeah, I know. Clemens is from A&M. Clemens is from A&M, and he's very excited to be a Jet, and I, I, by the way, I saw some videos and that guy's a beast. He, he is a scary, uh, uh, you know, SOB. So uh, absolutely. I think, uh, listen, I, I understand how and why these coaches are complaining. Jimbo Fish is trying to protect the players and Nick Saban's trying to throw the players on the bus. Meanwhile, his quarterback is making what a million dollars a yeah. year. And, and he's going to be the number one pick in next year's draft. Whack, cry me a baby. You're not complaining about that. And then, by the way, Clemson's coach, um, Stabo yeah. Sweeney, he's another one that's bitching and moaning about what players are. How about this? Why are you making $10 million a year? How about that? Why are you making $10 million and these guys, the players, you guys are the ones putting your bodies on a line and actually playing and getting you in those ball games? I, I'm so sick and tired of these coaches because they make so much money in college sports. And these players, I am so happy that the NCAA actually opened their eyes and let these young kids, these kids that have fought their way to get into these D D1 schools actually make some money off their name as much as these stamp colleges are making off your name. Yeah. Um, one thing I heard that I think is kind of the best uh, view of NIL that I even had, like mm -hmm. the best uh, take I've had on it, he thinks that there's a special kind of kid 
to be a Wisconsin kid. You know, you mm-hmm. saying, you know, you got to have that name that, you know, you're not going to only play for the name on the back of your jersey. You play for the name on the front of your jersey. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the name is the Wisconsin Badgers. The image is uh, us kicking the shit out of people. And the, likeness, <laughs> and the likeness is we shouldn't be liked very much around the country because we kick the shit out of people. That's, that's my view on NIL, to be honest with you. I got you. That is a great perspective to have. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, of course, being that, uh, man, like, I, I didn't, I didn't join football for the for the money. Although, you know, this is my dream is to be able to make money and, and support my family. That's that's not the reason I play. Um, shoot, man, even if I ain't have a scholarship, I'd probably be playing in the backyard somewhere attacking <laughs> people. I think it's it's a great opportunity, but at the same time, I think the game uh of football itself is one that, you know, you can get caught up in the glitz and glamour. Of course. At the end of the day, you still gotta line it up and put them pads on. Mm-hmm. So Shoot, the kid next to me can make it a million dollars, and the kid to the left of me can be a walk-on kid who's struggling. But when you put them pads on, you're going to have to still hit. You're going to still have to thump. So, That's true. You know? That's true. So, thinking of powerhouse schools, is there a particular Big Ten opponent you're most looking forward to facing this season, and why? Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Um, I uh, They've had a uh, receiving core over the last few years. They've had NFL guys. They've been putting guys in the draft. And – um you know, the same way a lot of receivers that go to Ohio State, they think of themselves like, I fit that pedigree. I'm going to be the next league guy. Um, I like to think I fit the same pedigree of, you know, Wisconsin DBs and a lot of those great Wisconsin DBs that come in and, and lock those guys up. So, mm-hmm. so I can't wait, man, especially just getting the opportunity to be on the big stage. You know, we're going to play against them. I think it's on ABC this year. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, man, shoot. Hopefully just because of Ohio State, I can get some targets. They throw that thing up there. <laughs> Um, obviously, what is it like living in Wisconsin? And uh, obviously, it's cold, you know, during the winter times, a lot colder than upstate New York, where you're from. I, I mean, it's cold at Buffalo. I, I, I know it, it gets cold up there and a lot of snow. But Wisconsin's a different, you know, a different beast. And everybody says that it's it, it's piercing. And, and I see all these Wisconsin guys and when they go to the um, they go to the Green Bay Packer games, they're not wearing shirts, and it's like oh, yeah. below zero. I think they're nuts. Okay, I'm. I, we live in New York, and it can get cold here, but over there, it's like piercing cold. And and there's there's for a whole football game for three hours, they're butt ass naked practically, standing out there with their their Packer cheese heads on top of their heads. I, what are your thoughts of living over there? What's the, what is it like over there going to, to the campus of Wisconsin? And what is it like being a Badger, honestly? If you live in Wisconsin, you're going to know we call UW, like, athletics. Another nickname for it is the Grit Factory. <laughs> we stand by that, man. Shoot. If you uh, you a Wisconsin Badger, first off, you know, you're going to have to deal with, like, I remember telling my mom last winter, it was frozen. There was a two-week span where we didn't have a day over zero degrees. I see still kids walking outside your classes. Everybody's still active on campus. Football, we're going to go get after it. Man, I knew it was a special place, and it took a special kind of cat to be there when uh, they had a giant frozen block party called Lily's that's on the middle of the frozen lake in the middle of the winter. These kids out there lit, man, having a ball giant party in the middle of the frozen lake while it's cold outside and nobody cares. They out there slipping on the ice, everything. They out there just having a ball. Don't even care. I see dudes with shirts off. Oh my god. Shoot. They uh and then even on top of that, man, you get to when it gets warmer, it's crazy humid and hot. And I don't hear a guy complain about nothing. Like if you come to Wisconsin you know, we're known for being, you know, tough, you know, kind of, you know, like rough, rough kind of guys. You know, rough You're a rider. rough rider. You're a rough rider. Exactly. Exactly, <laughs> man. So you think about it. If you uh, 
living in Wisconsin, you kind of got to uphold that standard. And it's funny because, shoot, being a skilled player that goes to Wisconsin, plays for Wisconsin, you kind of get looked at a little differently. Like, man, we're used to having really big guys. If you're not alignment, they look at you like, oh, you ain't eating enough. We got to get you bigger. So it's hilarious to me, man. Shoot, even being a bigger corner, some people be like, oh, like, yeah, nah, you, you're not going to be able to, uh, to play with those guys. You got to be 300-something pounds. You, you're a fan. So, yeah, it's fun, man. I love it. Uh, shoot, that's why I was saying, like, the grit factory, I think if you come out of Wisconsin and you're a ball player, um, your level of mental toughness, your level of just being able to deal with adversity is, is different, man. Shoot, we got guys that ice bath in, in frozen lakes in their off time. They're so, out of their minds, okay? That's that's all you got to know about They're us. out of their damn minds. That's what they are. <laughs> Oh my God. So I knew, and it's okay. funny because I knew that might be place for me when I seen JJ Watt. Okay. He had posted a picture of him uh, ice bathing in a, in a frozen lake in Wisconsin. And I thought about it. I was like, man, when I was back at home in high school, I would go get as much ice as I could from Sonic or wherever and fill up my <laughs> bathtub and ice bath myself. So I thought, if that's the type of cat that go to Wisconsin, maybe I'm that type of cat. Maybe you need five different slush flavors and then just combine them all into the bathtub. You will not see me in hell. And I like the cold. I ask anybody here, I am a cold man. I, I love the cold. I hate the humidity. I hate the summers here. hate it here in Long Island, New York. What I do love is I like the cold. I like it's like 15, 16. Anything under 15, 16 degrees, it's no-no, man, for me. And and to, to for me to go into a lake and have an ice bath in below zero weather, you have to be nuts to do that. See, okay. this is so, you know what's funny? Yeah. I used to say, you know, my, my threshold was like, all right, if it's anything under like 15, I don't want to go outside. Now it's about zero. If it's anything under zero, I won't go outside. Uh, 15's warm in Wisconsin. <laughs> that, no, for real. I remember uh, we had a day, man. After that that stretch of below zero days, I want to say it was thirty degrees. I was outside in a t shirt, and that was, you couldn't nobody tell me it wasn't warm, man. <laughs> That's what we feel like when it's like forty, like like uh, this past week. It's been really really hot, but when it when it, when it was like cold, like in the twenties, thirties, everybody's like, oh, it's freezing. And I was like, when it was in the forties, I was like everybody thought it was still freezing. I'm wearing like a wife beater. I'm walking outside. Just yeah, we thought you were nuts. And everybody <laughs> thinks I'm nuts, and I'm like, this isn't cold. But uh, when I'm when I'm walking outside, when it's like you know ten degrees and it's snowing, and it's like it's like okay, it's a little cold. You know what I mean? But. People look at the, I'm snow shoveling. Well, I was not this year, but last year I was snow shoveling in like below zero weather. People think I was nuts because I was wearing flip flops. See, this is the, <laughs> this is the merit now of you can't judge football players and fans going into snow in zero degrees temperatures and trying to show off with a uh, shirt on. If Quentin Nelson can't do it in that snow playoff game against the Chiefs, then nobody can do it. There you go, dude, man. Nah, I remember uh, we had a frozen game. It was it was real cold against Northwestern. And I was out there in just the jersey. I don't know. It's something about – I wouldn't say it's, like, trying to be tough or anything like that for us, at least. It's just you get to a point of, like, I don't know. You just got this, like, we the grit factory. You look at the guy next to you, he's like, I'm about to go punch somebody in the mouth. He ain't wearing no sleeves. Was that the 14-7, like, defensive duel or something like that this season? I know yeah. you had one of those games. Yeah, it was Northwestern. Yeah. Okay. Shoot, man. And, and then even to make it, you know, just to kind of give you some insight to Wisconsin, art. Long-term injury guys before games will all not wear sleeves and we'll go to the weight room and do a straight arm circuit and try to get the biggest pump we can before we have to either wheel or walk outside in the cold and just try to look as big as possible. We all 
shoot, anytime you're an injured guy, it's a challenge to see who can get the swollest, who's going to be the biggest while they hurt. Yeah, I, I believe that. So I, I, I know a lot of different college players that uh, always, uh, me, even, even when I played sports, or even now, you know, before I, I go out and stuff like that, you want to get a pump because you want to look big. You want your shirts to fit snug and stuff like that because people, you know, when people see that you have a pump, all that blood flow and blood, you know, it, your muscles look bigger, your shoulders look bigger, your back looks bigger, and people think you're just a beast. And, you know, a lot of these guys don't understand that it, it takes a lot of discipline to – uh, to train and really push your bodies to that next limit. It's not easy. Uh, not everybody could be an athlete, a Division One athlete. It takes uh, it takes very special people, very tough people to do that kind of stuff. You've worked really, really hard to get where you are today, and I, it, you keep doing what you're doing. You will get your dream. You'll you'll play in the NFL, and uh, you'll be able to uh, support your family in the very near future. And uh, we need to talk, as as you know, we've. Kind of part of, you know, because I know you're busy, man, and I know everything that was going on in the regular season, you were very stressed out and what you were posting. I could tell that you were very depressed uh, because you weren't playing and, and stuff like that. I could only imagine when you're out for a year or 10 months, pins and screws in your shoulder, and, and you've never had an injury like that your whole career because you were dominant in high school. And then and, and you step on a football field, you hurt yourself, and you're out for a whole year, and, and, and you want to help your team. You want to be a part of it, and 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 you're sitting there saying, like, when is my turn? When is my turn? When is it going to be my turn? But Shoot, man, the crazy part is, you know, you always think moments like that, like those big hits, you might, like, kind of think afterwards, oh, my good? Man, I got hurt on a, on a blocking drill. I ain't even fall nothing. Like, the most lack of contact, freak injury, just like, I'm chilling. And then next thing you know, I'm like, man, something wrong. Mm. And it ended up being a major injury, you know. So um, I think that this, off, this uh, time being hurt, I think it was a blessing, man. Um, it, it allowed me to really be able to put God first in my life, to be able to let God be God and um, to be able to, you know, figure out my support system, you know, really figure out who's in my circle to really um, also to have that mental toughness. Like no matter what's thrown my way, I'm going to be good, you know, not only because, you know, I got God with me, but man, I'm, I'm cut from a different cloth. You know? And, and then that's that stuff. When we've talked to all you young guys and we've talked to a lot of top Young athletes that uh you know went in you know college D one the same year you did before COVID even happened and and all the trials and tribulations you guys have gone through through the COVID situation not playing in front of fans and then obviously what you've been through with the injury that you had your freshman year and not really getting an opportunity to really show what you can do uh, to have a support system yeah a family the way you do and. Uh, even the coaches that you have, and Jim Leonard, like I met Jim Leonard years and years ago uh, when he was playing. You know, he was playing for the Jets, and uh, Jimmy he doesn't look much of anything. You know, when you look at him, you know he's five foot what, five foot nine, five foot ten at most. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, like five eight, one eighty five or yeah, something like that. Yeah. But what what made him so special? And Rex Ryan said it best about him is. He was the first person on the field, and he was the last person to leave. He was a leader. He was the back-end captain of the secondary. And the guy saw things that other people didn't see, and that's what made him very, very special. Unfortunately, Jim Leonard has, over the years, he fought so much injury uh, in professional uh, professional football that he really never got to that 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 staff where he where people could say that Jim Leonard was one of the best safeties in the league. But um, I think Jimmy, Jimmy's going to be a great NFL uh, coach eventually. I think he's going to get a shot, and I think that's where he wants to go eventually. Shoot, Somebody... I was happy. Uh, he had gotten offered that Packers DC yep. job. 
Yep. I was happy. I was happy. He rolled with us, man. Shoot. He's gonna get it. He's gonna get a coaching job. It's crazy. He sees the game, like it's almost like he's playing Madden, man. And he calls stuff out. We'll be watching film on. He'll he'll put NFL cutups from any of our favorite guys. Whoever's pick, he'll come to you and be like, "Hey, man, pick three guys." He'll put a cutup of all of their PBUs and all of the big plays they gave wow. up. And he'll tell you why they gave them up. And he'll break down tendencies. And he'll like, shoot, I remember my first time meeting with him. And we had met on the phone a couple times before I got to school. My first time at school with him, he was like, all right, man, yeah, come in at 12. I get there at 12. He's eating his lunch. And he's going through film with me. And he's going so fast and calling out tendencies and stuff that I'm like, hold on, coach, wait. I gotta, I'm trying to write stuff down. <laughs> End up being three hours of him flicking through like ten plays and telling me what everyone's supposed to do in these ten plays, and then telling me what would have happened, and then showing me clips from those teams at different parts of the season running the same play mm-hmm. and what they did different and why they scored or why they got a pick or whatever. And I was like, all right, well, this dude is gonna make me a great yep. NFL mm-hmm. DB because he just knows this game. So he played your position. Yeah, exactly. He played your position. He understands, and he he'll tell you. You're a lot bigger, and you're a lot stronger, and you're built bigger and stronger and faster than than he ever was. But guys like that, you you listen to because they're smarter, and he didn't build his game around speed and and, and size. He built his game about using his smart understanding, reading plays, seeing plays before they even happen. Ray, Ray Lewis said it best. You could be the biggest, the fastest, the best on the field. It's always the smarter ones, the more technical ones, that are always the ones that appear better than those guys. So, Jim Letters should do one of those things for Trayvon Diggs so that he can show Cowboys fans he's not a top three corner in the league because he led the league in interceptions, but he also led the league in penalty arts mm-hmm. and big plays. Yeah, man, it's, it's tough, man. You know, you got different play styles. That's one thing, too, I realized when I got to college. Some guys love that gambling game. They're going to jump every nope. single route. And if they give up six, they're not mad because they know they're going to get a pick that same day. Well, you you watch Diggs on the Cowboys this year. I mean, that guy, I mean, you watch him play. That's the first thing he does. The first thing, second thing, and third thing he's looking for is that pick. And he, in the beginning of the season, it worked. He was dominant. He had like eight interceptions. In the second half of the season, he couldn't buy a pick because everybody knew what he was doing. So what they were doing, there's a wait until, wait until he moves out of the flats and they would beat him on a long ball. And he mm-hmm. was getting beat. Yep. All the time in the second half. And Cowboy fans were like, oh, we got a great corner. Oh, top three corner in the yeah, league. Yeah. Meanwhile, he gave up the most penalty yards. He gave up big the plays. most penalty yards. It doesn't matter how many, how many interceptions he had. Because in the beginning of the season, everybody says he was the defensive player of the year. Oh, yeah. In the end, he got teams figured him out by watching video and understanding that he was always jumping the routes. Al, you must have loved as a Giants fan that when Canarius Tony roasted him. Yeah, man, shoot. It's, it's crazy because, you know, like – you get those, uh, especially as a DB, man, you'll get them times where you're like, man, I'm jumping everything. Like, everything is looking great. Like, I feel like every ball's thrown to me. And as soon as you get that, I've always had this, like, tickle in the back of my head, this thought, like, man, they're going to double move me. If I keep jumping this, someone's going to – so, you know, I'll try to, you know, always make sure I'm making a play on the ball. Man, shoot, it's tough. You you get them days you're just that confident. And I can't imagine a guy like that getting that many picks early on, trying to not be as confident, trying to be more reserved after that. You know, it's it got to be tough, man. Yeah, we actually talked to Farrell, who was drafted by the Oakland Raiders in the fourth round, and then two picks after him, uh, the tight end. What's his name? Again? Charlie Kohler. Kohler, who we interviewed before the draft, 
nice, nice kid. Really, really liked the kid. And uh, he he was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. And boy, oh boy, did the Baltimore Ravens absolutely hit you know, hit it up, hit home runs on, in this year's draft. Fa- fantastic draft. And I think Kohler is going to be a sensational player. I think you're going to be a good player too, man. Just keep up the good work, put the time in, put your energy in. And, and, you know, always, you know, always trusting God in who you are as a person and an athlete. And always remember that it's not the, like I said, it's not the biggest, the strongest and the fastest guy that succeeds. It's the smartest guy. And that Jim Leonard is could attest to that on what he has done, you know, in his NFL career and even his college career as a great college player that he was. And Rex Ryan will tell you too, he's one of the best players he's ever coached. And he's talking about Ray Ray Lewis and all those other guys, Suggs and all those other guys he's coached. You ask Rex Ryan, I've asked Rex Ryan, who are the three best best players he's ever coached? Jim Leonard was one of those three. So that just tells no, it's you. even funny, man. I tried to clown him the other day uh, on YouTube. They had a highlight reel of him, mm-hmm. and it says shortest safety in NFL history. So I sent it to him. Was like, "What's going on, coach?" He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he thought it was funny, man. He was like, "Oh, he he gets he always says every time you say something about you know joking about being short, he'd be like." I was never the shortest DB on any team I played for. I mean, they, oh, they, he's they, one of those guys, huh? <laughs> Just call him Mighty Mouse. That's what you call him. Just call him Mighty Mouse. But Rex Ryan said it. He, Rex Ryan and Rex Ryan's it's one of the greatest defensive minds in NFL history. He he will tell you one of the top three players he's ever coached was Jim Leonard, and that just tells you. What type of player Jim Leonard is? And Leonard wasn't always a was. starting safety there no, either. Wasn't. It was Ed Reed and Dewan Landry. And he said, time, yeah. and he said that it, that that Ed he was he was smarter than Ed Reed was on the field. Wow! Like Ed Reed was the more talented player, but it, Jim Leonard was smarter than all the guys on the field. He saw things before they even happened. He knew where the ball was going before the ball was thrown that way. So. That's what makes Jim Leonard special, and 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 getting and have an opportunity to train with him and and actually learn from him is going to make you a better player. No doubt, true. Yeah, no, he definitely was a blessing, man. And then uh, even you know because I am still playing corner here or there, but mm-hmm. I'm, you know making that transition, he was big on like, man, I want you to really know everything in the secondary because I'm one of those cats that can play different spots in the secondary. You know, I can be that big nickel and play in the slot just because I got enough feet for it. I can play outside, just guarding the big, you know, big wide out. I can play, you know, safety just because of the physicality piece. So I think that, you know, learning from him and just learning football, not just the safety position, but just ball and picking his brain, that can only boost my stock, you know, tenfold, mm-hmm. just being able to, you know, say I'm a Jim Leonard product and being able to understand football at that level is amazing. Same thing with Devin Kirkwood. We, we've been, you know, we've been in contact with him and, uh, Kirk is, uh, you know, he's a, he's a different personality, obviously, uh, likes to laugh. He's like a little kid. He obviously he's, he's different. He has a different personality than you. You're more, you're, you're more really calm collective, but you, you have that, you know, that personality. He's just a funny, outgoing, laughable type of kid. You know what I mean? And I, I have a trash talker and yeah. a trash talker, a big time trash talker. And, uh, we, I've, I've been in contact with him with him too. And he's ha- he's really excited for, for this season. He played very well. The bits and pieces that we saw him this year, there was some sparks that we saw that Devin could that really stand out. And I, I talked to a bunch of analysts, like top end analysts that are like scouting, you know, the next big, uh, superstar, you know, draft picks. And they said right now, if the, if, if he were to go into the NFL, he's a third round draft pick. I told Devin that he says, he says, oh, well, I got a couple of years to prove him and shut them up on that one. So, 
Uh, so it, it's the proof is in the pudding. As talented and you, you could be the best athlete on the field, but if you put the work in, you're not going to hit that opportunity where you can you can shine like everybody else. So you have it, man. You you have it and. You're a New York, born and bred here, and that's why. Yes, my fellow Giants fan. I, I don't like that. For, uh, there are two things I don't like about you, but everything else I love. You're a Giant <laughs> fan, and you play for the Badgers. But everything else, I love you, man. I, I love you. I love your personality. I love everything about you. I want you to succeed. I want you to do the best that you possibly can, and I believe you will because you know what? You're a New Yorker, and you know what it's like. You, you know what it is to be from nothing and, 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 and go to something. And I, I, I think that's something that only only people like us would understand. And and if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. So Yes sir. So Al, before we let you go, you like the Giants draft? Uh I do. I do. There's a I like Don't I like lie now. No, no, don't lie. No, don't, don't let him sway you. <laughs> nah, I mean, I'll say this. I the like first round was good. I think he's. I think he's good. I think he's a ball player, man. There's a few other guys we picked up that I thought were were solid guys. That uh, that safety from Iowa, I thought he was solid. Yeah. Um, Belton. I just feel like with the Giants, we um, we really got to look in the free agency, man. I think. You know, <laughs> I love that we. I love that we're getting young. Where's your father? Awesome. Where's your father? I see you looking over there. Is that your father? Is that your pops? Well, he over there. He in the cut over yeah, there. Get him over here. Get him. I know he's a giant fan. Get him over here. Come on, pops. Come here, pops. Let's get. Let's get radio show real quick. Come over here. Come here, pops. I know you're a giant fan. I want to. I want to know the truth. I want to know the truth from Daddy Dukes over here. He on. He on the way, man. Come on, pops. I got a question for you. They got some questions for you. I got some questions for you. There he is. There he is, Pops. I know you're a Giant fan, man. So tell me the truth. Did you think the Giants home run this draft? Yes or no? I think it was a, finally a good draft. I'll say that. It's been some years since we've seen something like this, but we'll see what happens. I think Kevon Thibodeau was a great pick for them. I think it was yep. a very smart move by them. Uh, Evan Neal, I was very surprised he was sitting there. I think their first round was fantastic. They absolutely... Uh, a plus first round. Uh, they were reaching reaching on Robinson. I don't know why they they drafted the same type of guy in the first round the year before that. It doesn't make any sense why they went that route. Um, I, I think uh, the kid the what was it the, not the safety who the six round pick who was it? the linebacker right? It was, yes, it was, it was uh, Darian Beavers. Beavers, Beavers. I heard is is going to be special. Uh, I've heard a lot of different things about him. We've talked to a bunch of. You know, big you know analysts that really have studied this kid and say that this kid uh, was a better better than a six round draft pick. Right. Um, I think they were reaching in certain areas of the draft, uh, but all in all, I think if these two guys, Thibodeau and Neal, turn out to be uh, you know starters and star players, the Giants home run because he, he, all you need is two players to change your organization. And yeah. I think on once on you know they a pass rusher they haven't had since. Uh, Justin Tuck was the last big pass rusher they've had, uh, and I we I've interviewed Justin quite a few times. He's a friend of the show, uh, and Justin Justin would tell you that you know when he had Strahan, him and OCU Minyard, we were beasts at the line of scrimmage. I mean, the Giants need that, and the Giants. I'm a Jet fan, so I, trust me, I've I, I've dealt with a lot of woes. I think the Jets absolutely home run this year's draft. It was fantastic. Right. They really did, but. I wanted to know your opinion because your son's a big Giant fan. It's the, it's the two things I can't stand 
uh, about anything about Giant fans. I, I don't. And, and being that I love your son. He's a Giant fan. He's a Badger. Those are two things I don't like. But don't worry. Everything don't worry. Al's coming for the swag level of Thibodeau <laughs> when he gets drafted. <laughs> It's nice good. meeting you, Dad. Likewise, man. You guys have a good one. Thank you. Your father's awesome. Yes, sir. Your father's yes, sir. awesome. But uh, Al, you better come for that swag level of Thibodeau when you get drafted. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Shoot, oh, yeah. Y'all going to see, especially. Yeah, you'll go to the Jets. <laughs> let, 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 go to no. The Jets. I love you even more. Hey, you go to hey, the Jets. If, go play if, with uh, Sauce. If Sauce. If Sauce still there locking up, I have no problem being on that other side. Like, <laughs> or if I'm the safety, having him down there. With Are you listening? Are you reading what's going on over there? I heard he's been locking. He's locking everybody there. down right now over there. He, he locked down Corey Davis. He locked down Garrett Wilson. He's locking down everybody over there. So if Sauce is anything what they say he is, boy, oh, boy, the Jets have themselves a nice gem. Now, he reminds me of uh, Pastor Tain. I've actually got to train with him a little bit in Denver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Pastor Tain and him have similar, like, movements to me from what I've seen on film. That, that length, you can't teach you can't teach that and that athleticism, man. Shoot, mm-hmm. but um, hey, he a ball player, man. He a ball player. Anyways, we <laughs> ben will... says Packers better pick you up. <laughs> no, no, no. He'll go to the Jets. Well, then I'll love him even more, you know. He could come over here. We'll hang out. Take him out to a winery in the summertime. He'll love it, you know. <laughs> True, man. You know, hey, I ain't gonna lie though. If uh, if I was picked up anywhere on the on the, in the Northeast like that, if I got picked up by one of them squads, I know I got some family that'd be loving, crazy you, excited, man. Shoot, I have a feeling you're gonna wind up going to Buffalo, man. So that'd be that'd be uh, Wisconsin weather will train him well for that. My mom would be upset actually if I went to Buffalo. I ain't even gonna lie to you. <laughs> Watch, that's just gonna happen. I'm predicting it. You'll be a you'll be a second or third round pick to Buffalo. You watch. Are you ready? Ready? I if I if it's true, you know, uh you're gonna have to take us out to drinks. But, but okay, that's I got you. Shoot, yeah. Yeah, remember remember this today. Shoot. I don't forget anything, bud, so don't worry about it. We'll yeah. be in touch, man. We'll definitely be in touch. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you for giving us the time, man. Say hello to the whole family and and get healthy, man, and get ready for the season. We'll be in touch. We'll get you on the show again. I'll be in touch with you soon too. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Y'all have a great one. Thank you. As everybody knows, we were talking to Wisconsin Badger freshman cornerback Al Ashford. Love the kid. Like I said, Speedy, there's two things I don't love about him. He's a giant fan. Nope, you love it. You love it. A Badger, which I do not like, ladies and gentlemen. I do not like the Badgers, and I do not like the Giants. But now what happens if he gets drafted by the Bills? I love him. (laughs) That's what I think is going to happen. I think he'll stay on the Northeast. He'll go to the Bills. You watch. So where would that rank among those three scenarios? Now he's playing in your division. If he gets drafted by the Bills, then he's a Giant fan and a Wisconsin Badger. What, what is the ranking? I don't of hate those? the Bills. I don't hate the Bills. Oh, uh, all right. So the so the Bills are the lesser of the three evils. Huh? I I out of all the teams in the same division as mine, I I don't dislike the Bills. I mean, I don't like the Patriots, and I don't like the Miami uh, the Miami Dolphins. I, I mean. The B- Buffalo Bills, what have the Buffalo Bills do- done to the Jets? I mean, like, I mean, the Jets and the, the Bills have been back and forth for years. I mean, it's, yeah. nobody's been better than any of them. So I don't hate the Bills. So if he went to the Bills, I, I, I'm going to root him on anyways. I love the kid. I think he's a great kid, and I want him to succeed. He deserves it, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, he's worked really, really hard. You heard him. He loves coaching. Yeah. He's got a good family. He really does. You met fa- You saw his father. Yeah, no, he was mentioning the last time we had him on, I think that he he was coaching a team that went undefeated or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm sure he didn't get to do it as much with him now being at Wisconsin. No, I'm and sure training and trying coaching. to get. I know he also loved trying, coaching. And yeah. also trying to get healthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, and, I know that. <laughs> when you get pins and, and screws in your shoulder, guys, I, I'll tell you this. I had hip surgery and I had neck surgery this year. Uh, the healing process is horrible. It's a horrible pro- And I'm still healing with my hip. It's horrible. It's and when you're an athlete and you're you're striving to get healthy and be better, uh, you know, there's always you always hit these walls, and and that's same thing with me. I mean, with my hip, my neck. I just went to see my neck doctor yesterday, and my neck doctor says it's been it's been a full year uh, that it looks like everything is good that you don't have to see me for another year. I think you're you're ready to go. I think you're going to be fine. And that was that was something good news because I was afraid more than more than my hip, and now my hip is going to take twelve to thirteen months. That's what I'm saying. And I'm telling you guys right now, my hip is still not a hundred percent, and I, it's horrible. It, it's a horrible feeling to know that you the things that you used to be able to do you can't do right now. It's it's horrible, and maybe never be able to do it the way you used to do it. So Stark says he wants to go to the Patriots, just like every other player on draft day. Mm. Uh, ben with the beaver emojis or really? the badger emoji. Snug says hashtag Ben the beef. Uh, no, Snug, it was not a fantasy team. He actually coaches youth football and his team went, he was telling us his team in 2020 in the, sh- uh, the COVID shortened season went undefeated. Ranger fans are, are loving it today. They're they're They've tied against Carolina two two. We won't hear the end of it until Thursday. And then if Carolina wins, which they will, on Thursday. Yeah, that's the pattern right now. Yep, uh, <laughs> they will be hearing like, oh, we're going to jump off a cliff. The Rangers better win in home. So uh, it's just. They got to break the pattern at some point to win this series. I don't think so. I think it's going to. You I think, think it's, it's really a complete semi-gets. pattern's going to happen? Yeah, it's just like it went the last <laughs> that was, that's a, That would be really weird. I don't think that's ever happened. I, I was mentioning how it, it probably happens in the NBA with all the home court advantage being as prevalent as it is in the playoffs, but two series in a row like that? I don't even know if that's happened. No, and, the, the, and Snug is right. The Rangers did look really good tonight. They did. And it, it, the Carolina's going to have to figure out how they can put the puck in the net because if they don't figure that out soon – uh, the Rangers could win this series because, uh, and, and, and they got to decide when Frederick Anderson's coming back. Yeah, my, this, uh, this game could be the indicative of it because a lot of the goals were bad in that game that he allowed Ron. You know, so, so it, it, it's and this is what this is what's happened. You know, the Rangers have gotten very lucky in these last two rounds sure. to face to face two backup goalies. I, I mean, it, it's benefited the Rangers. It really has. And, uh, obviously, they're not going to be if they they get out of this round. It's not going to be a benefit to play no, Zalowski no. because he's not missing that series. No, so, he had his he had his the first three games of the Toronto series. He wasn't great. Since then, he's back to being fantastic, best goalie in the league. I think he's the best goalie in the league. He's been the best goalie in the league for like five years yeah. straight. Yeah, uh, he's and I, I if Shosturkin didn't have the year that he had, uh, I mean Vasilevsky would probably would have won Venzi in a trophy. Yeah, he's won one. He's been a finalist like three other times. Like, yeah, he's been that for a while. And you remember too, like even before he was a starter, he came in for Bishop a lot in the playoffs, and he was great for then then too. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of good goalies in the NHL now. It's 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 pretty amazing. I mean, and here in you know in the Northeast with Shosturkin, you have Sorokin now. I mean. Uh, you have over there Samsonov uh, yeah. for uh, Washington. Uh, a lot of these Russian goaltenders, Vasilevsky. I mean, Saros and Nashville. Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky is yep. another great Russian goalie. I mean, the Russian goaltending is has really been dominant in the NHL, and you see it. I mean, I would say the top seven, eight goalies in the NHL are Russian. 
So yeah, really, the only one I can think of that isn't is Connor Hellebuck on Winnipeg, but that's really it. Yeah, it's... Uh, uh, Jeff says Wisconsin's still going to get body bagged by Ohio I State, <laughs> and Ben responds, Wisconsin's winning the Big Ten. Yes, because the Big we- Big Ten West winner always wins the Big Ten. Yeah, uh, Slick says we should we should start talking about how ferocious the Celtics defense looked last We're night. We're going to get into the uh, basketball in just a few moments. I just want to finish up with uh, baseball. Um, the Mets are playing great baseball right now. They really are. Uh, losing uh, Max Scherzer for six to eight weeks uh, could be almost three months, I'm hearing now. Yeah. Um, and not having uh, Jacob DeGrom, who arguably is the best pitcher in baseball, uh, and they're still winning, uh, it, it, it really shows you who Buck Walter is as a manager and, and what, how much he gets out of the players that he has when they do play. Um, Lindor's had a fantastic year. He really has... Uh, has had a breakout year after what he had last year and really wasn't the player that the Mets paid $340, $330 million to. Uh, Pete Alonso is going to be fighting for a new contract in the offseason. He's smacking the ball all over the place right now. I mean, um, they're getting uh, obviously one of the best hitters in baseball right now is a guy that did not hit the ball very well last year. And you know who I'm talking about, Jeff McNeil. Yeah. Uh, he's been fantastic, really, uh, early this season. Uh, Kavanaugh, uh, who, a guy that they brought in uh, in the offseason, has been fantastic. I mean, this lineup, besides maybe three or four different players, has been hitting on all cylinders. And, um, been very impressed with this team. Yeah, it's really only so far Escobar that has off a slow start yeah. and just the rotation of what other bench player or outfielder would come in in that case. They have the platoon of Smith and Davis mm-hmm. and and what and whoever comes in as a catcher really hasn't been hitting so far with either McCann or Who would have thought that the Mets strength would be their hitting, not their pitching? Yeah, it's weird to think because the Mets line of depth has never been like this where it performs all well at the same time too. They're the best two out hitting team in the National League, both RBIs and hits this season and they have a deep lineup for the first time that we ever see. They've they've built deep lineups on paper in the past too and really haven't amounted to anything too. Look at last year. They were supposed to be this kind of thing last year too and it never amounted to anything. A lot a lot of guys had bad years like Lindor, like you were saying. Now Lindor still hasn't gotten the batting average up, still 235, but OPS 709 has six home runs already, 27 RBIs, and walking a lot. So that's a good sign for the pitching. This will be a big test for Buck Showalter to manage this well, but so far he hasn't overused anybody. Which Not I yet, like. but it's it's gonna it's going to be a problem as it progresses sure. moves because you lost your two best pitchers. You don't know when they're coming back, and this bullpen, there's still weaknesses in this bullpen. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, especially in the middle of the bullpen. Not at the end. I think the Mets are strong at the end. Right. I, I think it's the middle of their bullpen. When, you, when you're going, if a pitcher is not pitching well in the fifth and sixth inning, you're bringing in that long-end pitcher that's going to pitch one or two innings. Uh, the Mets are not in a position where May's gone. He's out for the season. Yeah. Uh, they're, over, they're paying him a lot of money for, for him to sit on the bench for the rest of the season. And, and there's just a lot of different players that really haven't produced as well as you expected them to, pl- to, to produce. Jason Shreve has p- pitched very well yep. for the Mets. Mm-hmm. He really has. 
I mean, uh, but we saw him with the Yankees. He pitched very, very well in the first half. They they overdid him, and then in the second half, he fell off. Yeah, they were kind of stretching him out too much, though, too. Even so, though he's not necessarily like a lefty specialist type, they were using him in a lot of weird situations and kind of using him in, as an opener and a starter, too, which, yeah, he could pitch for length on occasion, but he, that's not his main thing. But, yes, this year with the Mets, he had one bad outing a couple weeks ago, but that, beyond that, he's been fantastic. And then uh, Drew Smith and Edwin Diaz have been the two mainstays of this Diaz- if the Mets are smart, they find every possible way to give him what he wants and sign yeah. him. Yes. Because right now, if you were to ask me who the best closer in baseball is, it's Edwin Diaz and everybody else. Uh, and that's coming from a Yankee fan. But not only that. We were talking- and I've, I've stuck up for Edwin Diaz. We know. Yes, you traded. have. Trade, trade it for him, and how every Met fan says, get rid of him. Oh, my God, you should have seen my arguments with the Beeve his first year. Get rid of him, get rid of him, he's horrible. Oh, my God, the Beeve wanted, wanted him to be demoted to the minor leagues in 2019. I remember when he called third and long, like, all the time, complaining about Edwin Diaz. Like, you're not going to demote him to the minor leagues. The Mets don't have better options in their bullpen. I mean, right now, his, his, you know, his off-speed pitches are almost unhittable. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't even hit him. His change-up is, and his, what is it, curve slow. Hard curve, whatever. hard curve. He's got a hard curve. And he's got, he's got a slider too. That the hard curve is the one he uses the most though too. And then the up and in fastball is as good as anyone. Doesn't he throw a changeup? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He doesn't throw it as often, oh, but it's still good when he does good. do it uh, because again, it's designed to change speeds because he has the hard off speed pitches too. Yeah. Then he can also change speeds he has when a he four needs seam to. Fastball. Yep, he's got a hard four seam fastball. He's peaked I think at ninety eight this year with that, and it's best when it's up and in really to jam the hitters. And he's really shown that this year. He's been unbelievable. And he's also done better in long roles too where he's gotten some four out saves some five out saves that sometimes he wasn't comfortable in in years past too and that's been a good sign for him too but going back to the contract yeah also what we were saying last week how the closers sometimes have this short shelf life too get your money now while you get the chance because sometimes those things flame out after two years three years of dominance and Diaz has been in more like five years but it's a very fluky position, so definitely get your money now if you're ever. I mean, if you look at his numbers, I mean, his ERA is 2.00, but his WHIP is 1.056. I mean, he has 34 strikeouts in 18 games. I yeah. mean, it's ridiculous. Only eight walks this year, too. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, this guy, 18 innings pitched, and he has 34 strikeouts. I mean, that's, that's almost that's two, two <laughs> almost two strikeouts an inning. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, Erwin Diaz has had a very good year, and and if I were the Mets, I'd lock him up. Because if you don't lock them up, somebody will. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, right now, if you were to tell me right now who is the best closer this year in baseball, it's Edwin Diaz and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, it's early, um, but uh, that's been the strength of the Mets, uh, you know, bullpen is Edwin Diaz. So uh, if they keep it up, they're in very good shape. And the Mets, they're right now down 8-2, I think, against the Giants in the fifth inning. Uh, as far as the Yankees are concerned, all you New York fans, the Yankees won again. They're the first team to hit 30 wins uh, this year. They're 30 and 13. I mean, the Yankees are on a roll. They they got they were going on that that two or three skid of losing. They were down by five to three going into the eighth inning, and the Yankees came back and they won this game on a uh, you know a walk off. Who hit the walk off? I'm not mistaken. It was number 39. I couldn't tell who it was. It was a pinch hitter. Yeah. 
I, I saw I saw Hicks was on the base paths, and uh, I, I think Glaber was too. I don't know who scored the run. Whoever thirty nine is was the one that got the walk off hit. Um, but yeah, it, the, the, they lost a couple games against the White Sox. It's one of those series where the White Sox aren't going to be that bad forever, though. So <laughs> as they had far to get hot eventually, as far as some basketball is concerned, and there's a quite a few things. I I left basketball really to the end, and we will talk about the Cardinals being picked for hard knocks for the regular season, which I think is a great move, a really, really good move by the NFL. Oh, by the way, it was Jose Trevino, so it was a backup catcher. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, Trevino's had a very good year, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, already the Yankees bring him in uh, So, uh, from the Texas Rangers. Yep. But anyways, um, you know, this Celtics and Heat series, this is going to come down to seven games. Everybody knows that this series is going to come down to that seventh game. Now, the Celtics, I've been saying this, they're as good a defensive team that we've seen in a very long time. When they're playing at the top of their game and they're doing the things that they have done right all season long and, and Tatum's hitting shots, Jalen Brown's hitting shots, and they're getting you know custom shots by Williams or even Smart, it's very hard to beat this team. And this te- if this team keeps you under 100, good luck. I mean... Um, the Celtics have looked good in, in certain parts of these ser- in, in this series. I mean, for two games, they've looked good. In two games, they've looked eh. You know, so I, I think they're very well matched up against one another. And I do believe that, obviously, Golden State's going to knock off the Mavericks. I don't see the Mavericks coming back. So Yeah, the no 3-0 deficit yeah. ever in NBA history. So. So I think whoever comes out of this series could be the Golden State Warriors. I think there's a lot of deficiency of the Golden State Warriors. I think they figured out if they could take Luka Doncic out and double-team him uh, they, and let everybody else beat him, they just can't. And and if you've seen the video and the picture that they posted up on Facebook, you have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, um, Poole, and Draymond Green standing over him as uh, Luka Doncic is sitting on his ass in a cartoon. You know, cartoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so... Uh, I think whoever comes out of this series is going to win the championship with the Heat and, and the Celtics because I think both teams can defensively stop uh, the Golden State Warriors. Mm. Um, what I've seen in this series is whoever can hit the three-point shot uh, in, in one of these, uh, each and every one of these games, that's the team that usually has won. Okay, And I think the Celtics are just as good offensively you know, in certain aspects of their game as the the Heat. The one thing I can say about the Heat that I think they're better than the Celtics at is I think they're getting more points off the bench than the Celtics are. So do I think the Celtics could win this series? Yeah, the Celtics could win this series. I, I think whoever comes out of this series is going to win it all. Now, what the Celtics did yesterday was fantastic. They shut down a very good offense to 84 points, I think it was, or 80 points. 82, yeah. Yeah. If you can shut down the Miami Heat under you know ninety points, you're gonna win. I, I mean, I, and Miami's strength is their three ball. I mean, they have Robinson, they have Hero, they have Butler, they have obviously so many different weapons that could shoot the three. So they got Lowry back yesterday too. And also, here's another thing: they haven't been rebounding very well either no. in these series. Miami. Yeah. I mean, they've been out rebound um, in this series big time by the Celtics. And if they can't figure that out, they don't stand a chance in this seven-game series either. But there's something about the Heat that tells me that they're, 
this is going to go back and forth, and I think this is going to go to seven games. No matter what happens, this is going to go to seven games. The question is, who wants it more? And, 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 and who's going to play when there's last five minutes and the game is close? Who's going to outplay who's best player? That's the question. And right now, the best player in this series and been the best player in the series is, believe it or not, Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. who's been the best player in the series. He really has. And he's not even their best player. And he hasn't even played every game either. And the no. Celtics defense has still been fantastic. I saw I, – I missed the beginning of the game. I saw at one point with six minutes to go in the first quarter, the score was 18-1. to I could not believe my eyes. And there goes Jeff attacking me again. I give the Celtics a little credit, and he calls me a clown. You know what? Screw you. Okay, I can't sit here and talk to these two idiots because they're Boston. They're Boston fans. You know what's so funny? What makes them such clowns is that when when a person sits here and actually gives the Boston Celtics a little bit of credit, and where you could sit there and just listen to what I have to say, you got something smart to say. Maybe you can learn something because obviously you guys have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. What? Because I said something about Marcus Smart because I didn't think Marcus Smart was going to be the defensive player of the year. Why? Because I thought that the, the Miami Heat was the better team and I still think that they are the better team than the Celtics are all around. I think they're a better team than the Celtics, but the Celtics are the better overall defensive team. They can stop the perimeter shooting of the Tyler Heroes of the world and the Robinson. Robinson has not had a good series shooting. And if, no, it and only it, took him. He was like his first good game has been game four. That's what was that. Yeah, whatever. And, and as far as I'm concerned, the only person that's a circus is probably you, Jeff, because you're probably the pigs that, you know, the clowns bring out and, you know, like to, you know, dress up as like sheep. And, 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 <laughs> and by the way, by the way, snug, you could sit here and talk. Why don't you just eat your cupcakes and just relax and stuff your face? Because what do you know? Anyways, Jeff says we didn't learn. We could learn something. You didn't think Smart was a top ten defender. You no, could I didn't. Learn something. No, I didn't. And I'm... now the winner of the uh, the Hustle and Heart Award as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, also the, Miami's offense has been the epitome of great one game, bad the next, and really bad at certain points too. Especially game four. Victor Oladipo was the only guy that scored over twenty points in game four, which and is and very uncharacteristic. And here's another thing about Victor Oladipo that what you've seen. He's a this deficiency is unstrength. His non-strength is defense, right? And he and he has been bad when he is on the field. Uh, Boston scores, you know, yeah. relentlessly when he's on the court. So you can you need his offense, but you also need his defense. And if he doesn't play any kind of defense, which he hasn't, you know, what he reminds me of. Uh, he's he's not a point guard. He reminds me of Kyrie Irving, okay, a guy that could score at will when he when he's on. And he can't defend anybody. He, he, you saw what the Celtics did to Kyrie Irving. You saw what Tatum did to Kyrie Irving when Kyrie Irving would give him a lane. Same thing with Olin Depot. I, I just think Olin Depot, you know, when he would play for Indianapolis, he played a little bit more defense than he has. Right. Ever since he's gone, you know, you know, he's left Indiana. In, Indiana. He's just. Yeah, it also could be the injuries, too, eventually adding up to. You lose. He's looked horrible defensively. Yeah, and the, the problem with that kind of thing is the Celtics get a lot of their scoring from the wing. And it's not even just Tatum. It's also some of the guys off the bench. And what the hell is Bam Adebayo doing? I, I mean, <laughs> what the hell is going on with this guy? I mean, I, everybody talks out, praises him. He made all that money in the offseason. What are they giving him? One, yeah, the five-year, 187 187 contract million. Whatever, dollars. Yeah. He's making top-end money. And this guy has not shown up in this series. 
He's been all no, Robert Williams is out playing him big time. He has been horrible in the series. How do you pay a guy $187 million and the guy doesn't show up in, a, in probably the most important game of his career, uh, mo- most important series of his career? He's it's not just, scoring. He's not rebounding. He's not rebounding. Scoring, he's, not rebounding. Yeah. He's get They're getting out-rebounded. I, I think yesterday, what, what did they out-rebound by 14, 13 rebounds yeah, or something which, like that? That's for a, a Miami team that's supposed to pride themselves on the size that they have and the defense. That is really a bad look. And, again, Robert Williams has been fantastic, but he's also been in and out with injury, too. And, again, the Celtics, even without Marcus Smart, without Al Horford in game one, too, played well defensively. And without Williams at a certain point in the series, out-rebounding re- out the Heat. By the way, Jeff has returned. <laughs> Guys, you guys are missing the whole thing. Rob Williams is the key to the whole series, the entire series. If you actually pay attention, right? Because this is what happened in the Buck series. Rob Williams was out that whole series, which allowed Giannis to, to score a bunch and whatever. So guys like Marcus Smart, who can defend all five positions, right. we're trying to run to Giannis, right? So Rob Williams is out. Then Bam Adebayo had what did he get? Forty points that one game when when Miami won. That one, you know what I'm saying? When Rob Williams plays and they can defend the paint and have someone in the paint to defend the rim, then the guards can just stay on the perimeter and guard. When Rob Williams isn't in the in the game, it, other teams have their way. Well, yeah, Adebayo's not a is. shooter, so yeah, he's got a he's, he's got been really horrible. Gotta, yeah, he's really got to rely on his inside in game. Series. He can do right, maybe a hook he, shot here and there, but that's right, not that's but, really it. Right, but you can't just go – Adebayo's been horrible because he had a great game. He had a 40-point game or what, a 35-point game? Yeah, in the first game. Right, but when but when Rob Williams plays, Rob Williams shuts him down. It's not bad at Bam Adebayo. It's good Robert Williams. He had 31 points in game – Well, he had a bunch. He wouldn't stop, stop scoring. I thought it was game two. Or, or no, I thought it was game three. No, it was game two. He, he – um... He scored 28 minutes uh, the first game, nine, nine points, six rebounds. Right. Second game, right. F- right, 42 minutes, minutes 31 10. Game got out of hand. Yeah. But not many minutes that game got out of hand, so he rested a bunch. Yeah, well, he, he's, he's not been really good in this series. For a guy that's because making. Of, because yeah, maybe. Of Robert Williams. That's fine, but you're a star. You're making $187 million. You got to do something. You know, cause he, well, hey, listen, some guys, sometimes guys are just better. Rob Williams, just better. Marcus Smart, just better. Well, I don't know if Rob Pretty Williams good is for a team that was supposed to get knocked out in the first round. <laughs> Still at it with this thing with the Nets. Pretty good oh, for a team that was, that was out, man, right, Speedy? Guy. They were out. They were dead. Kyrie and Kevin Durant, you're so great. Oh my god, that's right. I picked so them. Good. I picked them to the win. Yeah. What? What? And most people did. And you think I was the only one that said Not that? Not me. I got them all the way to the well, ship, you, baby. You, you, because you're a Celtic. <laughs> all the way to the ship. <laughs> Smartass. All the way to the ship. Ben had the Bucks. Guess who didn't have the Bucks? This guy. <laughs> this guy. I didn't have the Bucks either. I didn't have the Bucks winning. No, because you didn't even have him getting them that far. No, I, I didn't. I, I really. You had him losing Miami. That's why you didn't take the. Yeah, right. I had okay. Miami going to the championship. Yeah. Not anymore, baby. Rob, Rob Williams plays. We dominate. I had Miami and Suns. Fa- and, Phoenix. Suns, yeah. and, Phoenix. and honestly, the winner of this series is not going to matter. The winner of this series is going to lose the next series because both teams are badly hurt. Jimmy Butler's beat up. Tyler Hero's beat up. He he just sat the last game. Marcus Smart virtually broke his ankle and had Kyle Lowry land on it. Rob Williams is coming off surgery. He only plays maybe every other game. Both these teams are so banged up. I, I don't know how either team can win the next series. Well, but I'll still pick the Celtics. I ride, ride or die with my homies. 
I think whoever comes out of this series is going to win the whole thing. I, I think Golden State, they, they're playing a Dallas team that is very you – know, the, the fact that they beat Phoenix was fantastic. It was unbelievable. It's a great story. Uh, but it was all about Luka Doncic. And what, what did Golden State do? They shut down Luka Doncic, and that's why they're down 3-0. And and they're not going to win. They're not even they're not even going to win one. I think they're going to sweep them because they know that everything runs through Luca. And if you can stop Luca, you can stop this team. And they've done it. Luca, he has been Hard so to frustrated. Stop a dude that can pull up from the logo. No question. But guess what? He has been so frustrated. Uh, how many times? And by the way, I can't. This is why I hate the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry and and what and even Paul. You see, they provoke. Now, how many times they did it with Jokic the last series? Uh, the series before, they they do this all the time. They love to provoke these players, and and you see, you, Luka Doncic he almost got into a fist fight with fist fight with Steph Curry and uh, Draymond Green, and it, and the same thing happened in the last series uh, with Poole and Steph Steph Curry with 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 Jokic. They just love to piss off everybody. And that's why I don't want to see them win. I do not want to see that team win. They're going to have a really hard time for the Celtics Warriors final. No, I won't. I'll, I'll be rooting for the Celtics. Wow. You hear that, Jeff? But, 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 I, yeah, well, here's the other thing that happened today. You know, another, another guy Errol doesn't think is very good. First team uh, All-NBA, uh, Jason Tatum. First uh, for, team All-NBA. Oh, 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 I, I don't think Jason Tatum's good. First of no, all, no, he was more critical of Brown, not Tatum. I, I love Jason Tatum. First of all, Jason Tatum played for Duke. He played for Duke. Yeah, and I, I've always loved Jason Tatum. So you don't know what you're talking. About. I hate it. I hate the fact that he plays for the Celtics. But I love Jason Tatum. I'm a Duke fan. He's, so he looks good in green, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. He looks good in green. He should be wearing jet colors if he looks good in green. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> the Jets never, sports the, now. <laughs> yeah. The Jets could never dream of getting someone that good. Oh yeah, well they got one in Sauce Gardner is shutting down people right now. See, do you see how ridiculous that statement is? Love he it. hasn't even played a, ga- a game yet, and you're saying that he's as CSB? great as Jason at his I knew, sport. As he I knew how to freaking just like. You what, do you know? th- what do you think, Jeff? Should the, the Jets sign Marcus Smart to help out their secondary? Uh, he played better defense than any of the Jets did last year. Mm, okay, you're on you're on drugs, but whatever. And Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart can guard anybody. I'm glad. I'm glad you. You think anybody? You think anybody in Boston could guard anything, do anything, jump, fly? Uh, that's not true. Yes. I'm taking the guy that got 99 out of 100 first place votes. Oh, good. Congratulations to him. Now, you know, would I you mean, like to get on your knees now? Would you I, like listen, it? I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you know, you're telling everyone else they should be able to. Hey, I don't tell anybody you anything. You, even you take Marcus words out of my defender. mouth all the time on this show. You take you words out of my mouth. Yeah, what am I, I just repeat about? what you say. You're oh, like, yeah? Marcus Smart's not even I, a top you, 10 defender. You just said Jason. I, I, I can't stand Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum should be a first first ballot uh, offensive player, which is wrong. I, 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 I love was, Jason no, Tatum. No, no, it was voted on today. It's not wrong. It's actually very correct. Look up first team all NBA. That's fine. Voted today. Yeah, guess what? I love Jason Tatum. I hate him as a Celtic. Right. Love well, you just said it was wrong. It's not wrong. It came out today. It was voted on. Wrong what? what you do- I didn't say. I didn't say anything was wrong. What are you talking about? You said it's not. You said it was wrong that he wasn't voted first team. It was. He was voted first team. All no, NBA I, I, that's what I. I said it would be wrong if he wasn't voted first team All NBA. Okay, because he's great. Uh, he looks good in green. Um, he looks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as a jet. That's about he, it. He can he can do it all. He single handedly oh, body bagged your boy Kevin Durant. Uh, he's not my boy. I'm a Nick fan. What are you talking about? What are you talking boy? about? You picked him in the first round. Uh, so like, what? Yeah, I Kevin picked Durant. him. What You're does like, that mean? Kevin Durant's got too much for him. Jason Tatum. 
body bag. Yeah, body bag. If you if you actually think Jason Tatum's better than uh, than Kevin Durant, you're on drugs. Okay. Who I, shut him down in that series? That's fine. Whatever you think. They went, they went Jeff, he wasn't hundred percent healthy. You can honestly sit here and tell me that Jason Tatum is better than Kevin Durant. You are on drugs. Jason Tatum, hundred percent healthy? No, he's got a shoulder sting. Dude, dude. Uh, Dude, Kevin Durant wasn't even – he hasn't been healthy all, all second half of right, the season. Right, right. So now it's a one-up. So I point no, out – No, don't, don't sit here and tell me some and, and, bull and thing. Don't sit here and tell me that Jason Tatum is better than Kevin Durant because that is a bullcrap statement. I'm not going to say it because you know it is. There's no way in hell he is. He might be, you know, in a year or two, yeah, when he as he gets older. But right now, he is not better than Kevin Durant. I would put any amount of money – Jason Tatum versus Kevin Durant, he doesn't stand a chance one-on-one. He doesn't stand a chance. Uh, well, good thing the sport isn't one-on-one, mm-hmm. and we just saw what happened, and Tatum shut him down. Yeah, he shut him down. Yeah. Snuck says, Rob Williams is just better. Sounds like a bumper sticker. Ben says, the refs will help the, the refs will step in like they did in the Bucks series. Snuck says, Steph Curry has whoa, made whoa, whoa, Golden whoa, State whoa, the favorite whoa, in this whoa, series. Whoa, whoa. What? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We're not glossing over that. We're not doing it. A Bucks fan saying that the Celtics got help. Go check out my Twitter timeline. And I've got clips on there of Giannis taking seven steps to the bucket. No traveling call. I got Giannis, right, putting his hand on Jalen Brown's shoulder, pushing him down so he can go up for a dunk. And they called the foul on Jalen Brown. I don't want to hit. Dude, the refs were helping the Bucks as much as they could. It, absolutely ridiculous that you'd be like, oh, they helped the Celtics. That. No, no, no. We're not doing that. It was an absolute joke what they let Giannis get away with. It's a joke. How many times does that dude travel? A couple goaltendings, too, that were bad. Right. There you go. The goaltendings, too, right? Dude, we could go on and on and on about all the calls they gave Giannis. And then the Bucks fan is saying the rest favored the Celtics. Get out of here with that trash. Stuck says Steph Curry magic has made Golden State the favorite favorites in the casinos. Now nah, Marcus Smart was a bum a few weeks back, and now he's all pro first team NFL. The and dude they is did amazing. It without Rob Williams, and they beat him without Rob Williams. I don't want to hear nothing. They, Celtics couldn't even defend the paint, and they beat Giannis. Couldn't even defend the paint. Snuck says nobody is 100% healthy. Well, yeah, probably not at this point in the season. Nobody is 100% healthy. But... Dude, the Celtics and the Heat are both. Dude, uh, Hero sat out that whole last game. Jimmy Butler, that game the Celtics almost came back, didn't even play the second half because he had knee swelling. Like, right. Dude, I, every dude on the Heat is hurt right now, I think. Yeah, they just got Lowry back, too. So and how healthy is Lowry? Yeah, he, he right. He missed, like, the first two series, I think. Right, yeah. No, he missed a while. And, again, he's coming in. He came in kind of rusty. He didn't play great. He, he, again, he played probably better than the rest of the team, because that that offensive showcase was horrible in Game 4 for Miami, but still, it's, he's not back to what they need him to be, because he was one of the best playoff players for Toronto when they won the NBA championship, and even years before that, so they're hoping they can get back to that form with Kyle Lowry, but it might not happen. I, I want to like Lowry, I really do, but anytime any foul is called, he runs right to the ref with his hands up like it never happened. <laughs> So does most NBA point guards, but okay. No, he's way worse. He's way worse. I think James Watch Harden is the worst, but yeah. Oh, I don't know. No, no, no. LeBron, I think, takes the cake for it. I think LeBron used to. I, I think James Harden does now. He can... Dude, watch, watch Kyle Lowry in this series. Watch any time any whistle blows. 
he'll run straight at the ref with his arms in the air. Like that never happened. And then they show the replay and he's actually molesting the dude on the way to the basket, trying to claim it's not a foul. Molesting. Oh God. I, I think there were a couple, uh, De- even Devin Booker last series was pretty bad too. The way he was whining about before, this, before we, calls. we have a, a couple more stories that I want to get into. Uh, uh, the Lakers situation, attaching a first round to trade Russell Westbrook, uh, being that Russell Westbrook has one more year left on his contract, they have to decide what they're doing with him. Obviously, I think Russ is on his way out as an NBA superstar player. I, I The question is, why would they do that? And if they do that, they have to decide, they have to make sure that Zach Levine, because I've been hearing stories that Zach Levine's number one choice to go and play for in the offseason will be the Lakers. Um, now, if this is true, what do the Lakers do uh, this offseason with Russell Wilson? They, I mean, Russell um, Westbrook. Because with Russell Westbrook, he's still owed, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's $41 million. $41 million. Zach Levine is, is going to be requesting somewhere between 30 and 35. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he is one of the more talented, young, offensive, defensive players in the league now. And uh, I, does this make. The Lakers, a championship-bound team with him, LeBron James, and uh, obviously um, Anthony Anthony Davis. Davis. If they don't trade him. If they don't trade him. So it's an interesting question. They have to break that group up. And uh, just circling around to a previous point. Got it. Lakers, they have to break that team up. Uh, Can I read you Mm -hmm. the first team All-NBA? Sure. Be fun, won't it? Giannis, Doncic, Jokic, uh, Nikola Jokic. Uh, Devin Booker and Jason Tatum. That's the first team. You ready for the second team? Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, John Morant, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me Jason Tatum is first team All NBA? Kevin Durant second? Yeah, you know why? Well, Kevin, I, I was, I, uh, I, I was told, I was told um, Durant was, was yeah, better. He, he I was is. told Durant was better. Uh, I'll tell you why, Kevin. I, I'll tell you why Kevin Durant wasn't first All Team. You ready to hear this? Because he's not better? No, because Kevin Durant in the second half of the season missed a majority of the second second half of the season. So why would they make him first all NBA team when he didn't barely play in the second half? That's why. He was the only guy playing. He was the only guy dude, playing because dude. Kyrie was the one sitting. And, how many and games Harden did Kevin Durant play this year? How many, how many games did Kevin Durant play this year? I'll, I'll look it up right now. Kevin Durant played in 55 games this year. Yeah, that's like I get your first team. 55 games this 27 year. Games. And he averaged 29.9 points a game, hey, you know, seven you know rebounds what? a game, and six assists. Oh, yeah, he was horrible. Let Speedy, me tell you. What's the what's the best ability? Uh, availability, yes. I availability. Yeah. And guess Let's what? Let's see how many Jason games. To, oh, available. Jason Tatum, the only thing he outdid Kevin Durant in is eight re, uh, one more rebound than him. And, uh, and, by the way, Kevin Durant had 7.4 rebounds. He had more assists. More rebounds and more points, practically. But, you know, Kevin Durant. But, but this is what. But this is what's funny. He did, about, and, and every kind of way he, he was better. He probably he probably did. But you know what? Here's what's funny about your metrics. Oh God, here, you here never we go. take defense into consideration. Jason Tatum, defensive star. Kevin, Kevin Durant, cone. Ke- He's a cone. Kevin Durant <laughs> is not a cone defensively. He's a cone. He is not a cone defensively. Jason you are Tatum is drugs. the leader of the greatest defensive uh-huh. unit in the NBA. Oh, and you and and okay. and leader Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, Smart is. Leader. <laughs> and we'll look at even better numbers. The field hustle goal, and heart award Field goal now. percentage. Field That's goal right. percentage. Jason Tatum, forty-five point three. Kevin Durant, fifty-one point eight. Field goal percentage at the three, thirty-eight point three to thirty-five point three. 
better with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, four free throws, 91%, to 85 points. That's not millimeters. That's a lot. Unbelievable defense. Kevin Durant, cone. Dude, Kevin Durant is so much better of a player than Jason Tatum. You're on drugs. Okay. Really? Yeah. Because the entire yeah. NBA doesn't think so. Uh, he played in 55 games. That's why he was in a first all. Dude, he was an MVP candidate before and, he got and, hurt. And, and, and what's the best ability? Oh, God. Availability. Could you stop? Could you availability. Do? Yeah, I'm going to give you availability. I'm going to give you a good swift kick to the butt. What? I, something you're not taking into consideration. Uh, what's the best ability? He was hurt this year. Yeah, okay. Availability right? this. You know who doesn't get hurt? Jason Tatum. Yeah, well, good. Congratulations. By the way, he only played in Man 76 games. Good. Man of Steel. only six games. That's yes. pretty good. Yeah. Who cares? Sometimes you got to sit out a game once in a while. Healthy scratch it. By the way, can we call... Can, can, right, can we Dude, you can't stop? argue this. To think that Jason, Jason Tatum is better than Kevin Durant, it's a joke. So you're, you're wasting. It's, it's not a, it's joke. a joke. First team versus second team. It's a joke. There's, there's actually it's a joke. There's actually an award for it. It's first team versus second team. It's Who a joke, dude. Team? The Who's only reason team? why he wasn't a first ba- first team? team player is because he played 55 games. There's nothing there. And, and, there's nothing you can argue. Shut up. I don't want to hear this anymore. Right. It's dumb. That would it's be dumb. ability. It's What's dumb. the best ability? It's dumb. Availability. Yeah. Dude, dude, I just proved you wrong, and you're still trying to find a way to argue it. it, it no, doesn't... you didn't prove me wrong. Yes, I did. Because no, because Kevin Durant's better. Much better. Except Much better. I have the awards for it. Yeah. Defensive player of the year, yeah. Marcus Smart. Yeah. You think he's yeah. no good. Yeah. I didn't say he was no good. Defensive player. Yeah, you said... did. Not, no, not I a didn't say he was. Defender, I, did, I didn't think he was. No, I didn't think he was. Turns out he's the best defender in the league. Oh, good. Good. This year, he's not the best defender in the league. He's the best oh, defender sure in the league is. this year. Every year, no, he just not. doesn't get credit. No, it is. And think about no, it. Think about how special you need to be. Get out think of about here. how special you need to be to have be a guard and do it. Yeah. When was the last time that happened? Gary, Gary Payton. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Great. And what's Gary wow. Payton considered one of the greatest defenders the league has ever yeah. seen? He and did it three. Smart. He did it three, three, four times. Uh, let's see Marcus Smart what, do it three, four times. Marcus Smart still young. Marcus Smart. You know what Gary Payton never did. Ran into the how much you want? Okay, how much fans? you want to bet he doesn't win the defensive player of the year next year? How much you want to bet? Because, because how much you want to bet? Like, let's put some money like on it. Let's put, a, let's put a thousand dollars on it. Let's put a thousand dollars on it. Let's put a thousand dollars on it. Come on, put a yeah. Hey, pull your clown shoes because I proved you wrong with Kevin Durant. This dude just scored from center ice. Yeah, I was trying to see what happened on that. Was that like one of the like half court? Like half ice type things. Oh, he's spraying himself with water. Mike Smith is a joke. I haven't seen that happen since it happened with Cam Ward in like 2014 or something like that. I didn't see what happened. First of all, I I love making fun of Arrow, but I was literally too shocked when I saw this. Put the shooter tutor out there. Mm. Holy. No, I I had to see. It looked like a clear at first. I had to see if it actually went in. Yeah. Dude, that's that's from his own zone. That was the own zone. That's behind his own zone. Wow, that's even further than the one I remember from. I forget it was Carolina was playing that year. Can you imagine not stopping that? Oh my god, dude! This series has had everything. Wow! No, listen, I never would have expected and, to see that in the playoffs. And listen, I don't condone fans throwing anything, but did you not think it was funny that a couple of fans threw dollar bills at uh, at Evander Kane? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, he does need it, right? So I guess it's not really throwing <laughs> yep. something. Yeah, he's, he's got all those casinos. Not, back. not after this season. 
not after this playoff series. Uh, he's going to get a lot of money in the offseason. Well, he already got a lot of money. No, but I'm saying he's... No, yeah, off the Sharks contract. Yes, he's talking, Errol's talking about his next his contract. His next contract's going to be big. Yeah, it's still not going to matter. He's so far in the hole. You know he filed, had to file for bankruptcy. Yes, I know, but yes. he's going he's to make some money. He's going to make some Great. money. Great, and after he pays his agent, maybe he'll have enough McDonald's money or something. <laughs> Jeff, thank you for calling, yeah. bud. I'll talk to you Thursday. Thanks. First team versus second team. Enjoy your night. Goodbye. What's the, Speedy, what's the best ability? Goodbye. <laughs> hell, hell. Just hang up the phone, God damn it! I mean, seriously. You know what it is with him? When I prove him wrong, he'll always find something to say. Like, he tried to compare Jason Tatum to Kevin Durant. He tried to pair, compare Jason Tatum to arguably one of the best players of our history of basketball. Okay. And I love Jason Tatum. He's not Kevin Durant, nor will he ever be. Snug okay. says maybe four years ago, KD. No, Snug. Like, last year, KD was fantastic, too. Did you see what he did in the playoffs the year before? KD averaged 20, almost 30 points a game this year yeah. in 55 games. And eight rebounds and six assists. He, he, was, he was on his way to win the MVP this year. Right. And if he played the full season, he would have won the MVP. So to, to sit here and try to compare Jason Tatum to him, it's ridiculous. And I, I, when he said that, I can't say it. And I look, I, I compared all his numbers. They're not even close. Yeah. They're not even close. Like says, I've also if how many games you play counts as whether you go first or second team. Tatum paid more games. That makes him hence a better player. That's, that's ball. It's younger well, player. Yeah, and you're not going to win an award. Jason Tatum on... is 26 years old. Uh, Kevin Durant is, what, 34? Yeah. I mean, that's almost a 10-year difference. Not only that, you're also not going to get any awards based on partial seasons either, even if your pace is that insane, too. Remember, remember, even— If you don't think, if you don't think by numbers that, that Jason Tatum should be second, second team and that Kevin Durant should be first team, then I don't know what the hell you guys are looking right. at. And awards are going to be just for this year, too. They're not going to necessarily— Jason Tatum's not even in the same boat as Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a top three player in the league. Jason Tatum is not. Yeah, and I think sometimes with these awards, too, it's easy to factor in like the small samples and why they're not going to be able to win awards. Yes, you're not going to win an award on 55 games. Same kind of thing, let's take baseball, for example. Mike Trout, the year in 2017 when he got hurt and he only played like 60 games, was on pace for an insane, historically good year. They're not going to give him an MVP or make him an MVP finalist because he only played in 60 games. Remember all the Yankee fans, Gary Sanchez's rookie year were complaining he didn't win? Yeah, he only played half the season. That's why he didn't win. Same kind of thing here. Kevin Durant's not going to get first team on 55 games. And that's why he, he could take his availability and shove it up where the sun doesn't shine. Because it, it, it doesn't really matter. Jason Tatum is not Kevin Durant, nor will he ever be. Okay, Kevin Durant is going to go down as one of the top 10 players to ever play this game. Okay, And, and Jason Tatum is not. All right? So stop with this. And right now, Kevin Durant is a top three player in the league, and Jason Tatum is not. So it's it's ridiculous. It's a, I the fact that he had the balls to say that just shows you the 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 the, the, the bunch of balls. By the way, uh, my mom's going to be probably going back to the hospital. Oh, she has damn. um um a bone infection in her foot. Oh wow! Sorry to hear that. So uh, she just texted me, and um, she's not going to the hospital tonight. She's going back to the hospital tomorrow. So that's not a good sign. Yeah, that's scary. You know. So, wishing her all the best. So, so do I. Um, 
to finish up quickly, we'll we'll talk more about this on Thursday. Um, the Cardinals uh, to be on hard knocks. Uh, I think this will be very exciting for the exciting for the NFL. I think that was the perfect team to put for the season's hard knocks, especially the Kyler Murray uh, saga right now with the team being eliminated the way they did as one of the top teams in the a- NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, losing Hopkins for the season. I mean, six games. Well, well, six games. I'm sorry, six games. Bringing in uh, Brown, Hollywood Brown, there, his best friend. I think it's going to be very fun to watch this team. Javen, Zaven Collins, and and the defense, the young defense that they have. Oh, uh, Buda Baker's quite a personality too. He's going to go off on that show. Yeah. Uh, so snug. Uh, they don't know, but uh, usually when you have a bone, you know, infection, sometimes they have to remove the foot. Mm. So I, I I don't know. So uh, I'll keep everybody informed. Uh, pray for my mother. Yeah. Um. Um. Also, uh, we will also talk more about uh, you know, could the Commanders trade Terry McLaren? Um, McLaren available, one of the uh, elite wide receivers in this league. I would say the top fifteen wide receiver in this league, top twelve. Yep. Um. He is. So it seems like he's very much available. Which yeah, they're really far off. I don't understand. I've heard. I don't understand. Which is weird because they have a new GM that was seeming like they were going to do things differently and try to make the players happier the way they are, not like the previous regime that just wanted to overpay everybody. And and then they let him go after a couple seasons, and they all got hurt, whatever. But. It doesn't seem like they're going to be able to get this contract again, and they might be worried about the second receiver contracts like any other team. But it is definitely surprising that they couldn't do that because they really have nothing, not much else offensively. Antonio Gibson's a nice young running back, but he's not elite. And that, who else do you have after that? You, you just drafted Jahan Dotson. I don't think he'll be a number one receiver. You know, it's so funny. He makes he makes fun of me by the way I pronounce people's names, like McLaurin to McLaren. Who cares? Uh, but you want to know something, Jeff? Every time you have something to argue about because you're trying to find and nitpick something, uh, you're wrong. Uh, just like the Kevin Durant thing, saying that Jason Tatum is better than Kevin Durant, which is a joke. I don't care what the NBA says just because he played in 78, 76 games. It's a joke. He is not Kevin Durant. And if you were to sit here and you line up 10 experts right now and say who should have been first team all NBA – Kevin Durant or Jason Tatum, they all would say Kevin Durant. Not one of them would say Jason Tatum. The only reason why Jason Tatum is first team is because he played in 76 and Kevin Durant, 55, because of injury. And he's also 10 years older than your boyfriend. So there you go. (laughs) Boyfriend. All right. So keep complaining. For Ranger fans, you should be excited. Uh, 2-2 going back. Uh, to Carolina. Carolina has a lot to to find themselves. I I don't know what Rob Brindamore is going to say to them um, going into Thursday's game. They're going to have to figure out who their identity is because uh, they do not want to lose this game at home because if they do, the Rangers can eliminate them right back in Madison. Oh, yeah. Carolina. Oh, yeah. No, that'll, that'll break up the pattern entirely. The Rangers are going to have to take one anyway, but you, you look about a team that's really would lose momentum losing three games in a row. And just after going up 2 0 the way they did, it might just show like they just don't have that right identity for that. We'll see if they switch goalies, too. It'll be an interesting decision Brendan Morris to make. What's the best ability? Uh, here's the best ability, Jeff, for you to shut the hell up. How's that sound? That's the best ability. Shut up. How's that? Shut up. Oh, Oilers just took the lead back with 327 to go. Mm-hmm. I'll take away that bad goal that he gave up. Anyways. Oh, uh, still time. 
that's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, Thursday will be the last show for a week uh, for Sports Lab Mouths. Um, we are, me and Speedy are taking all the week off. I am going to Florida for a couple of days. Um, Brittany's sister is moving down there, so we will be, we'll be going to Florida with her. Uh, so we will miss uh, Tuesday and Thursday next week, and then we'll be back the week after on uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's the first week that we're actually going to be skipping a show in, right. like since we started, really. It's, yeah. it's been uh, it's been a, a long road, but uh, we'll be back. Don't worry about it for all the fans out there. I know a week's worth of not our craziness won't, won't be that bad, <laughs> but... Uh, um, uh, we'll still be crazy, just in different states. Yeah. As far as uh, Jeff is concerned, Jeff won't shut the hell up. So uh, I think Jeff needs to stick a Twinkie in his mouth or maybe float to the bottom of his pool or something like that. What are you, the beef now? It's like a little anchor. He's like a little anchor. Maybe we should put an anchor on his stomach and maybe it'll sink him to the bottom or something like that. Now you sound like the beef. Oh, I hope that guy jumps to the bottom of his pool. He was saying that during your party, too. Uh, that's because he's copying me. Uh-huh. Is that so? Mm-hmm. There you go, Beef. You've violated Errol's copyrights. That's right. Um, as far as uh, Jeff's concerned, uh, honestly, I hope the Celtics lose because it'll just shut we him know. up. It'll just shut him up, and I don't have to listen to his crap, but he'll make us some some kind of excuse. That's what Jeff likes but to do. But yet you'll root for them against the Warriors. Oh, absolutely. I do not want to watch the Warriors win. So The Warriors are the greater of two evils. I hate the Warriors. Well, I know that. I, I never would have expected you to hate him more than the Celtics, though. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I will, if, if it's Celtics, Warriors, I'll be rooting for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Not for Jeff's sake, because I, I just... No, but not only him. You have Mikey C, too. He'll bubby bug you. <laughs> oh, Mikey C doesn't know what he's talking about half the time anyways, so... Mikey C's in his own little world from the 80s with Larry Bird. What does Mikey C know? Anyways, uh, Mikey will be coming into the studio soon. I'm going to try to get him. I might try to get him on Thursday if I can get him this Thursday. If not, when we come back um, from our vacation, I'll have um, have Mikey Sue. Listen, Jeff, why don't you go back to Banana Land? How's that sound? Oh. Go float on the banana. Using your banana own land. fantasy land against him. Banana land. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. We'll be back on Thursday. Uh, by the way, thank you uh, to our, our friends, uh, Stefan Logan, ex-NFL and CFL wide receiver and kick returner for joining us. He was awesome. And I hope uh, your wife feels better, man. Yeah, we're, we're, absolutely. we're supporting it. And, and our friend, another friend of the show, Wisconsin freshman cornerback Al Hashford, for thanking him and his father for joining us as well. Um, we'll be back on Thursday. Good night. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.